Vampire War for the Second City is a Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition actual play podcast presented by DM Fiat with I, Dale, as storyteller. Please be advised that this podcast contains descriptions of gore, depravity, addiction, coercion, and other adult themes. This is not D&D. This is a game where we play monsters of the night who do monstrous things. Welcome back, everyone. I'm going to try my best to make tonight's session as suitably horrific as it deserves to be. But I am still suffering from the spicy flu, so if I sneeze, if I cough, if I snort a few times, <laughs> please bear with me. Maybe I'll just say it's the virus from the Second Inquisition. Yeah. It's just the Second Inquisition's <laughs> virus. Let's just add to the Acceptable horror. Acceptable casualties, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll get right into it. This episode is entitled The Prodigal Daughter. Mm. And on that note... What do that could be? Yeah. On that <laughs> note, we'll start with a flashback. A flashback to five years ago. The scene opens on a beachfront street, Santa Monica, Los Angeles, California. The sun has gone down, the night has fallen, and yet the city does not sleep. The boardwalk is alive with activity, the ferris wheel at the end turning, the shouts and the laughter of the patrons lighting up the night. But hope 
or as you were known at this time, Roger. Yep. You were not partaking in the festivities tonight. You're on the job. You stand in the doorway of your little tattoo parlour. It's not much of a parlour, it's an old laundromat that you've somehow managed to rent this prime piece of waterfront estate. You've gutted all of the washing machines and dryers, tried to spruce the place up a bit, hung some designs up on the walls and there's just enough room for a cash register, a computer and a single chair for a customer to sit in. Standing in the doorway, peering out onto the beach, looking at people coming to and from the boardwalk, wondering if you should close up for the night. You haven't had a customer at night yet, but you always keep the place open, just in case. The sign out the front says you're open until 10.30, and it's just past nine. You still have an hour and a half to go, but you're pretty sure that your business is done for the day. You gave a man an image of a Chinese dragon on his neck just after four, and before that, just before lunch, a green-haired woman came in and asked if... Uh, you were looking for employees, tattoo, more tattoo artists to fill out your roster, and you had to turn her away. It's barely, barely possible for you to pay the rent for this place and support yourself. You don't even know where you'd put a second tattooist in this place. And so... How's it looking, Roger? Are you going to stay open tonight and hope that somebody turns up? Or are you throwing in the towel, knocking off an hour and a half early, going home and catching a movie before the exhaustion of the day takes over? I took a big gamble with this. And... I have to make it work. There's no other way to afford what I need. And one tourist coming in from a bar could mean the difference between a week of ramen and maybe some actual protein involved in the mix. And the hormone supplements, you need a pretty good balance of chemicals, so... No, no, I, I opened this. I'll see you through. I'll see you through. Roger, or as you've been calling yourself in secret lately, Hope, a name only known to your very closest, most trusted friends. You have a lot of expenses. All five of them. All five of them. You have a lot of expenses, and so you swallow your pride. Decide to remain open. You take one last wistful look at the beach and the boardwalk, hoping desperately that just one person comes stumbling down, drunk enough to be in the mood for a late night tattoo. 
and then you head inside, take your seat in front of the computer and the register, and pull up the latest issue of the zine you've been reading as you pass the time, wait for somebody to arrive. About 20 minutes passes, and then your heart begins to beat incredibly fast. You hear the squeal of tyres on asphalt from outside, and footsteps, footsteps of multiple people making their way to the door of your humble little parlour. It looks like your prayers have been answered. This is... okay. I'll stand up, stow the zine, uh, brush myself off, check the mirror, make sure I look professional-ish. Quickly gussy yourself up, straighten your collar, and then eagerly grab your tattooing equipment as the bell rings and the door swings open, admitting you would be customers to the parlour and all Boy, you seem to have struck gold tonight. Just one person would have been enough to cover your expenses for the rest of the week, but here, three men have walked in. And all three of them are staring right at you, eager looks on their faces. Well... Uh, we've only got one chair, but I will give a group discount as an apology for the waiting. What can I get you, gentlemen? You smile at them, wave a greeting, and they don't move. One of them, the man in front, a short, thin man with a mohawk and a frayed denim jacket and jeans, smiles back at you. A thick silver chain around his neck jingles as he slowly walks towards you, saying nothing. Behind okay, him... Okay, look, man, if this is a protection thing, I really don't make enough to make it with you while. <laughs> the two men behind him fold their arms and watch, and there is something equally odd, equally unsettling about these two men. These two appear to be dressed relatively normal, but as they watch you, as their gaze swaps between their friend moving towards you and you, you can't help but notice that their eyes, it's almost as if their eyes glow dim fluorescent lighting of your parlour, and as the man in the middle stops right in front of you, still smiling, that's when you finally put your finger on it, that's when the penny drops. All three of these men stand unnaturally still, they're not breathing, nor are they blinking. to go out on a limb here. I say, putting down the tattoo gun next to the on the table and sliding my hand past the takeout box to the claw hammer. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you're not here for a tattoo. That's a pretty good assumption. Three men... that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, definitely. 
not a good vibe. The three men just stare back at you. The man in front briefly looks over his shoulder, not at the two men behind him, but at a fourth who's just stepped in through the open door of the parlor. As this man, this man dressed in, well, the best way to describe it would be as if he's cosplaying the butler from a game of Clue, steps in. He pulls the door shut behind him, and then he stares at you, narrowing his eyes. He catches the gaze of the man in denim, and he nods, and he says, Yes, this one will do nicely, I think. Oh. I wasn't aware I was dealing with the entourage. Entourage situation, sir. I'd be happy to do you any design I've got, or any that you might have. Make no mistake, says the man dressed as a butler as he steps forwards, his footsteps echoing on the tiles. He doesn't appear to breathe or blink either. Looks around at your designs, but doesn't really take them in. He says, I have no interest in your designs. What I am interested in is what they represent. Change. He nods. Hope for a better future. Nods silently. And then he looks to the other three men each in turn and he says, Take him! He shall be mine. The three claw men, hammer's coming out. The claw hammer comes out. You raise it ready to defend yourself as the three men's gaze snaps robotically towards you. And one of them reaches behind himself and produces a long, dirt and mud-coated shovel. Then the three men coldly smile as they advance towards you. Oh, fuck. Well, I'm going to try to get inside his reach and beat him with this hammer. That's my only hope here. You dodge and weave. You've taken a little bit of martial arts in your time and... You remember the you half remember those training sessions, trying to call back the knowledge you can, the muscle memory. You duck, and as the man raises the shovel above his head, you keeping low, rush forwards and slam the claw hammer into the side of his rib. He barely seems to register. You hear the snap of a bone, and yet He doesn't even flinch, makes no sound at all. And then the man dressed as a butler rushes forwards with inhuman speed, slams his fist into your neck, sending you flying across the room, slamming you into the wall. And as you lie there sprawled on the cold tiles, The man wearing denim raises his shovel once again. He smiles. No, no, please. As he silently raises it above his head, stepping towards you. And then he brings it down. Whoosh! Ah, fuck. 
everything goes black. Some time passes. It could be minutes, it could be hours, it could be nights, or an eternity. But you feel your senses slowly returning. You're lying on a hard, cold, metallic surface. Whatever you're lying on, it's bouncing, vibrating, moving. You're on the floor of a vehicle. Your eyes are open, but you can't see. Someone's blindfolded you. You open your mouth to scream, realise you've been gagged as well. All you can do is feebly move your fingers. Your hands are wrapped in a cord or a rope. You're completely fucked. <sighs> there are voices. Voices in the din of an engine. Wheels crunching over gravel. And... For a moment, you're too groggy to make out a word they're saying, but realising your survival may depend on this. You summon the adrenaline, the adrenaline surges through your body, and instantly you're wide awake. Heh! <laughs> Looks like he'll be a good surprise for Venova. What are we gonna do? Leave him in front of Elysium? Let him wake up, go into frenzy, attack them in the middle of their festivities? <laughs> That'll give Vanivar something to think about. Please, don't insult me, says the cool, carved voice that you immediately remember belongs to the man dressed as a butler. I'm not like you. You pick people off the street, you embrace them, force them to claw their way out of the ground, and <laughs> it's all just a fun game for you, is it not? Well, I'm different. You see, I chose this one for a specific reason. He is my property. And I will not consent to having my property discarded just to be a party crasher at Vanavar's Elysium. So, what are we going to do with him then, boss? Well, I chose this one because, you see, it's my job in this city. To not only undermine the Camarilla, but to create a foothold to establish the presence that our kind once had, at least before the Gehenna Crusades savaged our numbers. And this one here was simply to be my first apostle. Really? You put that much thought into it, eh, boss? 
Indeed. A tattoo artist? An artist, it's right there in the name. And there's a reason I chose him. Yes, yes, he was convenient. No one was around. An easy target. But you see, when I was in Chicago, when I had the Toreador Primogen wrapped around my finger, the first kindred who ever rose up against me, the first who ever acted on the jealousy that their sire cared more for me than for them, was covered in ink. And there's something about him, something about the courage he showed of being the first to call me out for what I was, to try to stop me, to try to enforce his will over me. Something that stayed with me. And so, as we drove past the tattoo parlor and I saw this poor mortal inside, desperately waiting for someone to walk in so that he could ply his trade, I could not help but think of Chicago. And I decided, right then and there, this one is mine. Not yours. Not the sects. Mine. And would you not know it? Look down. You hear the sound of the other people in the van shuffling. You feel the warmth, the weight of somebody kneeling down over you. Not even embraced. And yet, the blood yearns. Nice. There is something within this one. Their body yearns to change. The blood calls. And I shall grant the gift. This one shall be a masterful flesh crafter, just like their sire. And the flashback ends. We're back to the here and now. Hope, you stand with the other members of the Coterie in front of the gatehouse of the Margadon Pharmaceuticals factory on the outskirts of Bendigo. You shake your head. You haven't thought of that night in a very long time. The memories themselves had almost vanished from your subconscious. But I thought... I thought it was... I thought there were a lot of us. I thought there was... A cattle car. The memories are changing. The memories changed as you could feel the blood, the vitae, coursing through your veins right now. 
faster and faster. It's running almost red hot. Instinctually, your beast knows its progenitor is near. And it is trying in its own way to tell you that you are among family. Whatever memories your sire had dominated into you, now is the time when they're beginning to fade, perhaps by his own design, so that when you confront him, you confront him with the full knowledge of who he is, of who you are. Blue and black, baby. Tears on a river. At this point, it don't mean much. <laughs> I hope. I am hope. I hope. Beside you are Chimera, Vincent, and Derek. And... You three... Notice... Hope... Simply staring off into space, and it's only within the last ten seconds that she seems to have returned to reality. She shakes her head, narrows her eyes, as she looks at each of you in turn. Uh, Yekimura meets her eyes. Uh, uh yo, right there? Do you, do you know where we are? <laughs> yeah. Were you having a premonition? No, no, it's... Some of my memories shifted and changed. What does that mean? Well... Nothing yet. It means he's proud means he's probably going to try a Star Wars, join me, and we'll rule this continent together, father and daughter. And... Fuck that noise. He made oh, John yeah. Gulman. <laughs> Fuck no. Fuck okay, that. Okay, thank God. Good to hear. Yeah. I, I don't think we're into a total recall scenario, but this is definitely feeling like Star Wars. John Gorman, who currently lies slumped over in his chair over the console in the gatehouse, the long tentacle arm draped over the edge of it, the hand missing. Yeah. I'll be right back. I'm sorry. The cat is. Intermission. Oh, that's a cute cat. They all are, but they always... They all are. ...never remember that they've been fed at some point previously in their lives. It's almost oh, as are. if they just they awakened for the first time and they've never been fed. <laughs> it is like that, isn't it? Sorry about that. <laughs> DNA so vampirism of the uh, feline disposition. Yeah. They've never been Hunger fed. Hunger leveled. Never. Okay. We need this guy alive. Yeah, well... No, no fire against him. 
Did you remember anything about him that we could use, maybe? Not really. He Evidently, he's more invested in me than I thought. He chose me. Specifically. Yeah. So what you're saying is we might be walking into a trap. More so than we thought. Mm, Yes and no. I get the feeling he set me up to return to him eventually, but he doesn't know exactly when. But I can tell, my blood can tell that I'm approaching him. He's going to know I'm approaching him. So this might be a case of I end up stalling him while you guys go and set things up to our satisfaction. All right. We'll just have to play it by ear. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, question. That teenager back at Otali's, do you think she needs to go to sleep? Kamara has no idea what you're talking about. She didn't even notice. You can still see the... You can still see the bright light of the Otali's hamburgers sign just down the road, and... You can see the headlights of a single car emerging from the drive-through, but aside from that, there appears to be no activity coming from that direction. That said, all your cars are right there in the parking lot, and the teenager who's doing the graveyard shift tonight may have seen you call rats, feast upon them, send your drones to survey the area. Yeah. Well, we didn't do it right next to the windows, but yeah, I should probably go have a talk with her before we start this raid, especially if we use the explosives. Anyone want to come with? Yeah, come on. Alright. We should probably all go, right? No. It's no sense us hanging around here doing nothing. A crowd around, you guys... I don't know, prepare something. Alright. Well, you this won't take long. As a group, you walk up the road towards the Otollies. Within 60 seconds, you're there, your footsteps crunching over the perimeter of the parking lot. Your cars are the only ones there. Lights off, lifeless. The inside of the restaurant is bright, well lit, but there's only the one bored looking teenage girl on duty. As she hears the door open, she looks up from her phone. She smiles and she says, Oh, hey, uh, uh, hey. We're not uh, doing orders inside at this time. Uh, you'll have to go to the drive-through unless there's um. She trails off as the four of you walk across the interior of the restaurant towards her, gather in front of the counter. And I'm remember- reminded of the flashback, and my face softens, and I look her in the eye and say. Hey, listen. 
there's going to be some shady shit stuff going down very shortly. You do not want to be anywhere near it. So I'm going to give you this $100 bill for the battery of your phone and to go take a walk down the road. Looking into her eyes as you say it? Yes, but not using Mesmerize, not yet. Not using anything. You look into her eyes, slide the $100 bill across the counter. Go ahead for me and please make a manipulation persuasion check. Okay. Don't suppose she's got a nose ring or anything like that? She does indeed have a piercing on her right earlobe. Benefits of Victoria. Ah, uh, hang on. Wrong channel. Listen, it's gonna be bad. You don't want to talk about any of this to anyone. This is one of those it's gonna be in the news things. Let's see. Two successes. She looks back at you strange look on her face. She brushes a lock of auburn hair out of her forehead and just takes in the sight of all four of you. You get the feeling she's committing your faces, your outfits to memory. And then she bites her bottom lip and she takes the $100 bill and she says, Right, okay, alright. Uh, sure, sir. Uh, would you like fries with it? Uh, no, wait, shit, no, no. Forget I said that. Uh, you have a good night, sir. And then she grabs her phone and shuffles away into the manager's uh, office behind the counter. Battery. Battery. She stops. She turns around. And then she looks at you. She's thinking for a moment whether she really wants to do this. What she's getting herself into. And then she pops the battery of her phone. Leaves it on the counter. And then turns. Pulls the door of the manager's office shut behind her. Their their phone out here? You hear her from behind the door. I've got one in here! Alright. I hop over the counter, open the door. As you open the door, she gasps. She clearly thought she was done with you for the night. Then then I pick up the phone, disconnect it, and walk out. As you pull the cord from the bottom of the phone, she gasps under her breath. You hear her say, "Oh, Oh my god, this is... This is serious and... Yeah. No talking to anyone. Better this way. Click. Shut the door, leaving her in the manager's office. Yep. There's a security camera, by the way. She shakes her head. No? This this is... This is no tollies, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Miss, actually, but that's alright. No worries. Alright, you have a good night. You leave her in the room and return to the others. As you make the lights off as I go. Yep. 
You fired the light switch behind the counter, flick all the switches to up. The lights turn off. The interior of the restaurant is thrust into darkness. And as you make your way back out to the parking lot, as you exit the Otollies, you find yourself face to face with two men wearing dirty looking t-shirts and tracksuit pants. As you step out, they look past you, see that the inside of the store is completely engulfed in blackness and shrug. They look at you and they go, Ah, shit. Closing early tonight, huh? Something wrong with the grill. I don't know. Yeah. We'll go get the fried chicken down the road. Let's bounce. They turn away from you, make their way back to the back to the maroon coloured ute that's parked on the edge of the parking lot and clamber in within a minute they're gone alright I'm glad they didn't hang around yeah well with the lights off we shouldn't have many people stopping okay now let's go and try to sneak past leech monsters (laughs) yep as you make your way back to the Magadon facility, the atmosphere is different. But the lights in the Otollies turned off and the big neon sign no longer bathing the lonely road in ambient light. Everything is darker, quieter. And as you once again approach the gatehouse where John Gulman is still slumped over the console, you can't help but register the pervasive feeling that you were being watched by hundreds of unseen eyes. You look around and see no signs of anything in the darkness. And yet, once again, Hope, your blood, your vitae is pumping rapidly through your body, almost as if your heart is beating once again. Your blood is calling. I close my eyes. You close your eyes. And I see everything. You see... You see not sure what you see. You're no longer blindfolded. But you can't see, nonetheless. You're buried in something. Something's covering your eyes and it takes a few seconds to register what it is. Bodies. Human bodies. Some of them still moving. Some of them feebly twitching. You're buried in them. And in the distance, you could hear a voice. Come, let the blood animate you. Let it grant strength to your hands. Enhance your muscles. Pull yourself free. Already, your body is responding to your will, changing its shape to reflect what it should better be. You open your eyes. Once again, it back in the here and now. Not what I was intending to do, but this will work. So that part of it was true, more or less. 
I close my eyes again and tick the to my tongue softly against the top of my mouth. And I see the echoes. You see the echoes. You feel the rush of blood surging through your body. You feel the fresh air on your face as you finally burst free of the cocoon of human bodies that holds you around you around the empty lot you see people running screaming in all directions as shapeless faceless monsters chase them the three men from the tattoo parlor stand in the corner of the lot watching calling out terms of endearment screaming and shouting cruelly your sire the man dressed like a butler from clue stands silently his eyes locked to you he gives a simple nod of encouragement as you pull yourself free and your gaze fixes upon a teenage girl no older than 15 or 16 a few meters away from you her face white with terror and within for the very first time you feel the beast telling you feed tear her to shreds gorge yourself the very first time you ever felt the hunger I try to tell her it's okay and not to worry, but I can't because my mouth is on her neck and my throat is full of her blood. And as her blood runs down your throat, the sweetest thing you've ever tasted, surprisingly sweet, shocking that something so beautiful could come during something so horrific, you hear your sire's voice, yes! Yes, give in. Let the blood command you. The blood knows what it wants. And already, already, your body is shaping itself into something that better suits who you are. And I fucking recognize a villain's speech when I hear one and I try to stop before I kill her like you to go ahead and make a willpower plus a third of your humanity roll. Alright. Would I have had full willpower at the you time? You would have had full willpower at the time. Six successes with a critical. Six successes. As the beast roars, more, more, drink more, drink more. That feeling you remember, that utter revulsion, that sickness wells up within you and you pull your fangs from this girl. As she looks up at you, her eyes wide. Run. Her face trembling. You run. You tell her to run. You throw her body to the ground. And as she scrambles to her feet to turn and run, you do the same. You give one last look at the man dressed as a butler, and then you turn and flee into the darkness. And that is the last he sees of you for five years. The rest is as you remember. Gotta get out of the country. 
Gotta get as far away as you can. I got on the plane. The plane to Melbourne. Ready to attend that tattoo artist convention. To maybe bum a, bum a place to stay off the couple of friends you've made over the internet. And something smiled upon you that night. As you made your first change. Locked away in the aeroplane bathroom, huddled on the floor, as your body changed, as you unconsciously enforced your will over the vicissitude. And here you are. Okay. We're good guys, it's Star Wars. <laughs> I think. So, how would you like Sorry. to go about this? You stand in front of the gatehouse, hope trembling, her body shaking in spite of itself, not from what you're about to do, but from the memories that have returned to her, from her the anticipation in her blood and her beast roaring, uncoiling, awakening from its slumber to await what is to come. You know that there are at least three abominations in the yard between the admin building and the factory floor. The admin building itself appears to be empty. You know that there are at least 30 employees supposedly on duty, at least according to the timesheet within the gatehouse. Their cars still sit in the parking lot, but there's no signs of life anywhere beyond the gatehouse. The entire factory lot is silent, asleep, waiting. Uh, Kamara's going to put her hand on Hope's shoulder, uh, noticing that she's trembling. You sure you're all right to do this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to be. It's okay. It'll be okay. All right, well, if we're going to do this, we should get started soon. It's like, a, you know, an abusive ex kind of situation. Uh, she nods understandingly. Yeah. Uh, I think we wanted to, like, sneak around, try and slip around them to the back of the admin building. Go along the... Well, the electric fence things. should be off now, sir. No, it's still on. Oh, the controls weren't in the gatehouse. Yeah, controls weren't in the gatehouse. Probably further oh, in. Weather. But you could stick to the very edge of the fence, make your way around, hugging the base of the admin building and sticking to the shadows that'll that'll stop you from having to pass straight through the yard at least until the very end yeah we try to give them the slip and if they come after us we try to take them out without gunshots everyone okay with that yep yeah i don't have a better plan let's do it right. i will rouse dexterity go ahead 
vampire roller, why you hesitate. I get hungrier. Get hungry. Arouse wits as well. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Then I go no, over I and I, I go over and I head of a feed, quick feed off of John Gorman. <laughs> I'm on hunger three now. No position to protest. He just grunts as he as he vaguely registers the feeling of your fangs piercing his skin. Just one, buddy, and I'll I'll make it up to you later. Vince gets the vague impression that John Gorman's not going to set right. John Gorman's going to need many years of therapy or some little free <laughs> dominate. <laughs> and or. Maybe both. Alright. Let's get the sneaky on. Alright. Is everyone else oh. ready to go? Yep. I'm also going to close my eyes and use my new power. Ah, yes, your echolocation. Mm-hmm. Your sense, the unseen. Using I would like sound to see the surroundings. Yep. And are you going to have that active the entire time as you sneak around the perimeter? Oh yeah, I will. Yeah. All right. So, actually, tell you what, can I um just change that uh, that rouse to resolve instead of wit? Yeah, sure, sure. That's definitely probably going to be useful. So. As you make also your way it. past the gatehouse, Hope sneaks a look at her phone, slides it back into her pocket. It's just shy of 2am, assuming it takes about two hours to get back to Melbourne from Bendigo. You should have just enough time to get back to your havens before sunlight, provided you get in and out and get this done quickly. Time is wasting. The clock is ticking. I would like everybody to please go ahead and make for me a dex stealth check. Uh, I was also going to rouse dex. Yep, that's... You may go ahead. Hey, Ooh, I get Also, until further notice, my eyes will be shut. Yes. Uh, two. Two? Alt failed. Alt, you're, you're muted. Oh, yeah, a total failure from Camaro. Total failure, that's okay. All together. Uh, yep, go, go ahead, Derek. Oh, three successes. Three successes, yep. Well, all together, you got a minimum of five. So, it doesn't matter that Chimera failed. As hope leads the way, her eyes closed. She darts across the front of the yard towards the admin building. She presses up against the employee entrance, but does not enter. Rather, hugging the wall, she gets down low and sticks to the shadows, slowly creeping around the base of the building. And you follow her every move. Chimera, your big frame makes it quite hard to stick to the shadows, and a few times you find yourself stepping out into the yard itself, 
crushing a piece of concrete or cardboard underfoot. You're not used to operating stealthily, and every time this happens, you look back towards the shadow to see Vince staring back at you, a half-amused, half-exasperated look on his face as he reaches out, grabs the hem of your vest, and pulls you back into the shadows. Look, it's fucking hard, all right? I'll just keep going. <laughs> Each time, giving you a smile, Vince is cool about this. He's always so cool. And about 15 minutes later, you find yourself stepping away from the back wall of the admin building. The back entrance and window of the staff room behind you. You can't see anything through the window. Someone's pulled the blinds on the other side. But the door, the back entrance, just as just as you noted when you checked through the fence earlier, is slightly ajar. Looks like whoever was in the admin building left in a hurry and didn't return. I'll sense the beast anyway. Three successes. Three successes. You peer through the tiny crack beyond the thick metal door. It's pitch black inside, Hope. But between your sense the beast and your echo location, you register that the building is not completely empty. There are several presences that reach out at you in the darkness. Not ghoul, not kindred, human, mortal. At least five or six. Right. Are they right inside the room or are they spread throughout the building? Can I tell? You can tell that at least three of them appear to be right on the other side of the door. What would be the staff room, the cafeteria. The others are further beyond that, further in the darkness. I'll hold up three fingers. Cover my fangs. And point to the door. Then I'll open my eyes. Put my hand on the door handle and look at the others. Hold up three fingers. Three fingers. Drop, drop one. Drop the second. Drop the third and open the door. Push open the door. It lets out a loud metallic creak as it opens. And some of the ambient light from the lot floods over the threshold slightly illuminating what appears to be a staff room slash cafeteria on the other side you can make out some plastic tables scattered around the room 
Most of the chairs are pushed in neatly, though at least two have toppled over, lie on their side on the floor as if they were evacuated in a rush. Beyond that, there's a single counter, a glass bain-marie that still holds food, food that now, several weeks old, is little more than patches of green mould and powder. The stench of decay quickly floods your nostrils as you hold the door open for just long enough to register finally that it's there. Good thing we're not breathing. Lead the way in, looking for those three that were here. Yep. Is it? Um, and yep. Go, Derek. I was gonna just yeah. As we're going, I'm gonna flip, uh, switch on my heightened senses. Heightened <coughs> senses. Good choice. Yep. Because it's probably a good idea not to turn on the lights, you know, that would announce yeah. your presence to anyone yeah. who'd be watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So as hope Get it. leads the way into this detour into the admin building, I'd like everybody to go ahead and to make a resolve plus awareness check, please. And you may add an extra dot if you have heightened senses. Or, in your case, Chimera, you have Eyes of the Beast, so you can see in the dark, so you get an extra dot as well. And I've got echolocation. Yes, and you've got echolocation. It's an extra dot for yeah. you. Yay. Sorry, Vince. Alright. That's right. a total of two successes for you. Two successes. Oh, come on. Uh, critical five. Wow. Okay. Three successes here. You make your way across the cafeteria, stepping over a couple chairs that lie on their side. And then, as you peer behind the glass bain marie towards the source of that awful stench, you find... The three mortals. The best way to describe them is flesh keg. They were once human, and you could still see vestiges of their humanity in what's left of their faces, their mouths permanently fused open in pained, silent screaming. But their bodies, their skeletal structure has been compressed down. And they are little more than cylindrical blobs of flesh. Actually, tell you what, Dale, um, I neglected to roll hunger on that, but looking at it, there's almost a 100% chance it was going to be messy. So... Yep. Yep. If you want to just count it as that, that's fine. That's fine. And so, as you take in the sight of these things, Vince, that's when you see something. Something that you desperately did not want to see. And yet, something that your beast relishes. Your gaze sweeps past the terrified 
excruciatingly pained face of one of these things, beyond it to where what was once this woman's neck has been shaped into something like a long bone spout, almost like a funnel, Com- complete with perhaps the esophagus or windpipe being repurposed as a type of fleshy straw. Fresh blood still dripping from the end. She's a giant, giant juice box. And as you see blood flow forth from the fleshy straw, drip off the end and splash down onto the lionoleum, your beast stirs and draws. What is your hunger, Vincent? It's three. It's three. I'd like you to please make a willpower plus a third of your humanity check for me. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Um... That's... Anyone that's three doing that, or just Vince? Uh, only Vince, because Vince got the messy critical on the, um... Jesus, I'm down to willpower, too, so that's, um... Yeah. Uh, does my boosted resolve factor into my willpower now, or is that... Um, uh, yes it does, yeah. Okay, so that's, um... Four dice. Yeah, legit. I thought it might come up. Um... Messy six. Oh no. Messy six. Well, oh god. <laughs> Please six. kill her at least. That may mean you don't give in to the beast, but you do kill her. Yeah. So, I'm okay with that. So. Maybe. You all noticed as you were making your way across the room that it started off with hope leading. And then Vince seemed to take the lead, and he seemed to be moving with purpose, and now you realise why. He could smell the blood on the air, and his beast was drawing him to this part of the room for one specific purpose, to feed. Vince, you feel yourself moving closer to this thing. When you stand in front of her, you feel your legs begin to bend. You begin to kneel down. There's no input, no conscious input from your side. It's all your beast taking over, smelling the blood on the air, and deciding to take what's been freely given. And as you wrap your mouth around the fleshy straw, suddenly, suddenly, you summon all your willpower and your resolve. This is degrading. This is disgusting. And beneath you, you wrench yourself away, and yet your beast roars. It screams in anger. And you take one last look at contempt, one last look at the thing before you with utter contempt written on your face before your beast roars again. And once more, you feel your body moving without your input, your fists clenching, your nails growing longer into claws as your beast directs the body through your dead vessels and everyone else watches as Vince digs 
his claws, his fingernails into the side of the spout above the creature's face and digs them in. The mouth opens wider and wider and something gurgles beyond its lips. A death rattle. What passes for its eyes roll into the back of their sockets and then the blood begins to flee, freely flow out of the edge of the spout as the fleshy keg begins to deflate like a balloon. After a few minutes, all that's left is a puddle of blood on the floor and flaps of skin. It's dead, whatever it is. Good riddance. Fucking filth. I don't think there's any way to bring them back from this. Mercy kill might be the best option. Instead of coming to turns around uh, hearing Hope say that and was like yeah that's that's what I'm thinking yeah you want to do the honors uh, Vince is uh, actually eager to but he will uh, feign uh, a somber tone to this actually hang on hang on I will boost a few things too, and drink from one of them before I step back and let them. Hope, hope. I'd like you to add a stain, please. As this blood is, as you drink this blood, it tastes just fine, but there is something inside you that is deeply disturbed at the act of drinking it. Rats are bad enough. Few things too. Uh, Chimera's been watching on, uh, seeing all this, trying desperately not to uh, let out sounds of disgust. Resolve and wits get boosted. Then I back off and like, that was no. They just need to die. That was bad. Mutt, don't watch this. Roll for entrancement. Yep. Oh, what's the resist on that? That's, uh, is it resolve? It's, uh, for entrancement, it is. It's, uh, composure wits. Yes, composure wits. Uh, that is a success of three. Three as well. Three. You know that Vince has your best interests in heart, Chimera, and you're not particularly eager to watch Vince dispatch the last two of these creatures, but there is some strange, sick curiosity in you that sort of wants to not turn away. 
Yeah, uh, she's going to steel herself and kind of um, turn away, uh, cross her arms, but twist enough that she can peek back and kind of watch out of the corner of her vision. Chimera. This is fucked up, Vince. Yeah, I know. So, with your backs turned, you just hear the sound of Vincent's footsteps splotching through the pool of blood. Those same pained gurgles. The sound of flesh deflating. And you turn around and find two more pools of blood, two more flaps of dead skin painting the linoleum. Let's get it moving. Yeah. Yeah. As as we kind of make to leave the room, Chimera is going to make a kind of a elongated, detoured, winding uh, path towards uh, the exit and kind of get a get a good look on the way to yep. see what it is exactly that they're fighting against. Yep. See if you can find the other th- other three presences that that hope detected within the admin building. For the yeah. record, yep. Well, Vince is doing his work. I'm going to set up one of the IEDs by the door out. Ah, good idea. With a wire, with a wire running, so if those leech things come in behind. Yeah. Good idea. All right, and I'll follow the rest after telling them, "Hey, why are there?" Point down, point out the trip wire in front of the door, and then follow Chimera beyond the cafeteria into the corridor that leads through the admin building. Are you proceeding in any particular fashion, or just casually making your way down? I will be trying to sneak, of course. Yep, and using and keeping eyes shut with echolocation because yes. Know. All right, I'd like everyone to make a Dex stealth check, except for Chimera. Chimera, you're taking the lead, so I would like you to please make a wits awareness check. Wits, your successes. Uh, my decks would still be boosted, wouldn't it? Still be boosted. Yep. Yep. Three yes, from Hope. Uh, it's just two from Chimera. Two. Yep. So Chimera, you're leading the way, leading the rest of the coterie down the corridor, past office spaces and a toilet block and a little waiting room outside of what appears to be the director or foreman's office. No signs of life from any of these places. And then finally, you come to the other side of the admin building. You come to the front lobby and the glass doors that serve as the front entrance of the admin building are closed. A metal roller shutter has been pulled down across them to bar access. Just beyond the front entrance is a reception counter 
And behind the counter, there's a single door that leads into a room that's pitch black. Here, according to your echolocation, Hope, and according to Derek's heightened senses, is the source of the three other entities. All of them within this tiny room, the placard on the wall next to it reading security room. Derek, with your heightened senses and with Chimera pointing out the little security room beyond the reception counter, you could just make out the shape of something short, wide, and vaguely humanoid, standing beyond the threshold, almost completely obscured by the darkness. Chimera's going to activate Eyes of the Beast and head towards it. Yep. So Chimera, as you activate Eyes of the Beast, as you feel your eyes narrow, your sockets change their shape, until suddenly yellow reptilian eyes gleam out into the darkness. You see what awaits. The best way to, to describe this particular abomination would be three people attached end on end. What passes for its midsection is simply the abdomens and torsos of three people attached one on top of the other. This midsection sits upon a set of six legs bent out at the side like an insect and sticking out of the very top of this midsection slowly snaking through the air questing like antennas are six human arms, each of them ending with narrow, bony fingers that have been sharpened into the shape of claws. You're not sure where this thing's face or faces are. You can't see anything on that midsection other than folds and folds of skin and flesh. As a mixture of being told not to look and just the abhorrency of everything she's seen so far, Camera uh, is going to be making a snap decision that not only is this flesh crafter a truly horrible person, but he has to die, absolutely, and so do all of these things. Uh, so she's going to activate her frail weapons and yep. kind of cry out and just jump on it. I think you activated frail weapons last episode. Should still be yeah, good. Yeah, I think they're still active. So oh, I did too, yeah. Us. Yep, because you dealt with John Gorman with them. So you rush forwards right. with the giant hook hands towards this thing, and... When you're about a metre away from it, it finally seems to become aware that you're there. All six of the legs lurch forwards and like some sort of 
horrifying insect. It lumbers out of the doorway. The midsection begins to lean over and it tries to pummel you with all six of its long clawed arms. Go ahead and roll a strength brawl check, please, Chimera. Oh, that thing is disgusting. Yep. It is where everyone else sees it lurch out of the darkness. Uh, success of four. It's like that old Masters of the Universe figure with too many legs. Yep. So uh, four successes. Very well. Very well. That's five successes. You rush towards it bringing your hook hand down upon its flesh, but just before you can dig it in, one of its hands slams into the side of your body, and another one brings its claw down the front of your vest, dealing two points of superficial damage to you. You did also activate toughness last episode. Yeah, I was going to say toughness is one from the last one too. Yes. Which is good. Which brings it down to one point of superficial damage. Okay. I'm going to rush in behind her and try to uh, plunge my hands into its chest. Yep. Alright. Go this ahead, rouse. Derek and Vincent, are you guys going to do anything? Or are you just. Vincent's watching. Vincent's just watching. So, dexterity plus brawl. Getting a weapon ready in case whatever Hope's doing doesn't work. Yeah, good idea. So, that's three successes to get my hands in its chest. Yep. You rush forwards, trying to dodge the flailing tentacle arms coming out of the top. You place one of your hands on its fleshy midsection and then begin to graft your own hand into it, passing through its flesh. Alright, I'm pretty sure I can tell where the spine is, so it's going to lose that. It does, however, roll four successes on its attempt to hit you, and just as your just as your hand is swallowed up in the flesh, thunk, one of its own punches you in the side of your face, and you take two points of superficial damage. Ouch, got it. So you know where its spine is, and you fumble around inside this thing, and they're right in the very middle, what would be the core of its midsection. You feel what is quite clearly three spinal columns all twisted together to form one solid bone core. Mm -hmm. Well, that's nice. Let's uh, sever them, shall we? Glide your finger over the surface of the bone, feeling it crumble under your touch. And then you pull your hand free of this abomination as its midsection collapses in upon itself. The three torsos go hollow and like a xylophone... The entire midsection just sinks down until 
This creature is nothing more than a blob of flesh on the ground at six legs, causing it to scuttle around like some sort of macabre spider. Kamara's gonna call out to Vincent. What, so you won't get involved when it's fucking alive and can fight back? What are you doing? What do you want me to do? Um... Easy. Guns are my thing. They kind of shoot it. Do you want me to make noise right no, now? No noise. No noise. It's all right. Chris is kind of seeing red about this whole thing. It's all right. We're doing great. Mary is We're doing a great. Derek, oh, she's not as she. Well, no, she resisted it. Derek, but, uh, would you like to try to leap on it and plunge your bone shiv? into its flesh and finish it off. Uh, I suppose I will, but I'm going to use the... What is it? That silver dagger I got ages ago oh, and then never idea. used. <laughs> Alright. Derek, I'd like you to make either a dex or strength plus melee check. I'll do some healing while he's doing this. Good idea. Uh, Two successes. Two successes. I'm going to give it a penalty die as a large portion of its skeletal structure has been removed. That's one success. As this thing scuttles around on its six legs and its six arms struggle to free themselves from the folds of flesh they've been trapped in, Chimera shouts, Shoot it! Shoot it! Vincent, you, uh, sorry, Derek, you grab the hilt of your dagger, step towards the thing and throw yourself on top of it, and as it struggles under your weight, dig the blade of the dagger down into its flesh as far as it will go. You feel the creature squirm underneath you, and then it lets out a sickening cry. It stops moving. Pull your dagger out and stand up. The thing is no longer alive. I put my bloody hand on Chimera's shoulder. Are you alright? She's not sure how to respond to that. It's okay not Sorry, to Sorry, she doesn't say this. anything. This is a bad place. And it's... I'm starting to realize what a really big ask it is that we stake the fucker and bring him back for execution. Bad place is an understatement. Jesus Christ. Just beyond the corpse of this thing is the tiny security room. Not much bigger than the gatehouse that John Gulman was manning outside. It's little more than a desk a bank of computer monitors, and a telephone. But on the wall opposite the entrance, there's a series of levers. One of them's labelled fence. And perhaps even better than that, at the base of the wall, folded into the floor, is a corrugated iron hatch. Faded lettering reads 
emergency tunnel. Hmm. Secret tunnel. I mean, this isn't Chimera's special area or anything like that. She's going to look around to see if there's any, um, like, escape diagrams in the wall or anything that would indicate where the tunnel actually goes. Oh, yeah, sure. Quite, um... Could be quite easy. Go ahead and make a, an intelligence investigate check for me. Uh, intelligence investigate. That is... Just two. <laughs> That's okay. I was only looking uh, for see. one. Success of two. Yep. Nice. Very okay. I was only looking for one. So Chimera, there's some folders and stacks of paper stacked up beside the bank of monitors. You grab a blue folder, flip it open, start sorting through the papers within, and you find a diagram. The emergency tunnel apparently connects to an identical security room in the other building, meaning that this tunnel should take you right under the main yard and into the factory floor. Uh, she's going to kind of put up her hand and say, yo, guys, and uh, fan out the paper in front of them. We can go through here and avoid all of that shit outside. I think this is our way in. Yeah, I agree. Okay, big question time. We want the fences on or off. Well, it's not going to stop us getting in. But it might stop other things getting out. Yeah, that was my thinking too. So best to leave the fence on is what you're saying. Electrified for your safety. Yeah, that's true. We do not want this stuff going and eating the Otali's waitress. Okay. Down the hatch. So Chimera kneels down, she grabs the handle of the hatch, and with a grunt, rips it open. Everybody got their stakes? Yeah. Instant sort of pats the stake launch, it was slung over his shoulder. Okay, remember, there's something big in there too. I'm assuming it's hostile, my plan for that is we find a place to set up these last two IEDs and try to lure it into them if thing, when things go south. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. Cool. Climb down into the hatch. It doesn't go very far down. Maybe a metre and a half under the floor. The tunnel itself is quite small and narrow and you have to sort of walk on your knees to avoid brushing the top of your head against the concrete roof. But it's better than fighting leech monsters. After squirming like sardines in a can through this narrow tunnel for ten minutes, you finally reach the other end. You see the metal ladder rungs embedded in the concrete wall and another hatch just above. Is the hatch already open or is it closed? It's closed. I'll sense the beast again. Go ahead and please roll for sense the beast. Only one success. 
You peer at the closed hatch, Hope. Close your eyes and your beast purrs. There's something on the other side of the hatch. But with only one success, you can't tell exactly what it is. It's not mortal. Uh, I raise one finger, point up. Pull out my phone, tap not mortal into it and show it around. Screen lights up the little, the dark, narrow concrete tunnel. Uh, and still, Camara's going to show my eyes. Huh? I was going to say, Camara's just going to pull out her leather gloves and slip them on. Just in case, yep. <laughs> Luckily, though, Chimera, as you climb up the ladder rungs and press the palm of your hand towards the underside of the hatch, you don't hear that telltale hum of electricity. Breathing a sigh of relief. You push upwards, you hear a click, and then a metallic creak as the trapdoor opens, revealing fluorescent lighting on the other side that instantly floods down into the hole, illuminating the concrete tunnel. Camera's going to peer through the cracks and see what she can actually see. Yep, go ahead, make a wits awareness check for me, Chimera. She's the one you want at the front to get hit, but not the one you want at the front to see things. Uh, success is four, yes, yes she is. Still hanging from the ladder, Chimera, you poke your head up through the trap door, quickly sweep the room from the other side. It's a security room, much like the one you came from, except the lights are on because the room is occupied. The far side of the room seems to be taken up by a kind of prison cell. Thick iron bars wall off a portion of the room, and on the other side of these bars, there's a group of people, men and women, huddled together. They see your head poking out of the trap door, and one of them says, What the fuck? Hey! Hey, who are you? Shit. Uh, gonna bust open the hatch and hop out. I'll follow. Chimera scrambles out of the hatch. Hope climbing up behind her. I suppose Derek and Vince, you see no reason to stay in the tunnel unless you yeah, plan to. Yeah, Yeah. Sizing out the people there. <sighs> the people in the cell watch as the four of you scramble out of the hatch. They mutter and whisper amongst themselves. Who the fuck's that? Do you know there was a... You know that thing opened? No, 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 I didn't know that opened. Oh, are they with him? No, they can't be with him. No, fuck. Hey! Hang on. Are you friendly? Shh. Says one of them. We're certainly not with the douchebag running this place. Um, are you... Does the term thin blood mean anything to you? 
The murmuring stops. A woman pushes to the front of the crowd and she says, Yeah, that's us. I'm guessing... I'm guessing you must be Cam or Hanox. Yeah, more or less. Um, we're here, among other things, to rescue you. Have you seen Slick? They look at each other. Slick? One of them says, You mean the new guy? Yeah. Yeah. Taken uh, so, uh... He's, uh, in a complicated situation currently. TLDR it. The thin blood woman shakes her head and says, He's out on the factory floor with Alexander, being put through his paces. We all had to... We all had to do it. Do what? They look at each other. Uh... Well... Do you know what's going on here? Yeah, more or less. Making a plague. The woman nods. Yeah. He flesh crafts the virus itself. So it can withstand the situation within kindred bodies. And then it's up to us, the alchemists, to make it work, you know? And... Okay. Well, if we had our free will, you could bet we would be doing everything we can to sabotage that thing. So... He has ways around that, and she trails off. Behind her, a man, a man smiles ruefully and shrugs and says, "Yeah, that's where your friend Slick is." Okay, that works out. You, I was worried you guys would have bombs in you or something like that. This is much easier. If we open the cage, can you hide in the tunnel? They look at each other and they go, that leads out of here? Hold on, we booby-trapped the th way out, so you'll need us to get you past the bomb. Hey, if all we gotta do is wait on the other side, we, we can do it, we can do it. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, here, here, take this burner phone. Go. Go through the tunnel, go to the security room on the other side and wait there. Okay. You slide the burner phone through the bars. The dirty blonde-haired woman takes it. She nods and she says, Thanks. Uh, by the way, I'm Morgana. That's Jacob and Ethan and Nate. Yeah. Good. Glad to meet you. I look over at the group. Everyone okay with this? This good plan? Uh, where where did you say they took Slick? Factory floor. Morgana points at the door just behind you and says, mm. right through there, he's turned the place into his haven slash lab. Uh, 
you'll recognise Slick when you see him, but I'm not sure what you'll be able to do. Okay, camera's picked up something big. Have you seen that? She says, yeah, that's, uh, well, uh, she looks at the other Thin Bloods, and Jacob, muscled man with bald hair, steps forwards. He puts a hand on her shoulder and he says, He says, you, uh, you know how blood alchemy works? Not really. He says, alright, long story short, we mix the blood together with other ingredients. And that's where the magic comes from. Now, magic okay. like the type we're talking about, that can make a whole virus, and doctor all those vaccines, there needs to be a large supply of blood and a large thing to mix it in. Oh, boy. He says, what you saw is about 20-something factory workers all grafted together to serve as a big, giant, walking calcinator. I knew I'd hate this. Okay. Please tell me they're not still sane. He says, I hope not. At this, Nate, one of the thin bloods behind, uh, uh, skinny wiry man with thick glasses just says ah uh, for what it's worth it uh, stopped screaming about a month ago okay that's 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 good i guess anyway the way we do our mixtures uh if that thing has internal organs uh our mixtures would have poisoned the hell out of it at this point it's bound to Basically, just be a big dead thing animated by magic, so, uh... Okay. Alright. Okay, okay. Okay. Why we bought Thank fire. You. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get you out of here. Can we open the cage? It's locked, but the lock doesn't look do particularly something? sturdy. This is, this is not a jail. This is so that the security guards can lock someone up temporarily yeah. until the real police turn up. Got it. Okay. So we bust it open. Actually, we make a fair amount of noise. Derek, can you do your melty thing? Uh, I can might take a bit on metal, that's all. A lock, like, if you're just going to melt the lock, it should only take a little yeah. bit of blood. Yeah. Oh. Yep, go ahead, make a yeah. single rouse check, and you may re-roll it. Yep. Just prick my thumb on my, on my fangs and just smear the blood over it. Alright. Still a failure. Still a failure. Get hungrier, just... but... The blood you smear along the bottom of the lock begins to bubble and sizzle as you recite the magic words. And then the lock breaks open and the cell door begins to creak as it slowly is pushed ajar by the thin bloods. 
one by one they file out until all four of them stand in the security room. Alright. Remember what we said, security room on the other side and wait for us. Otherwise you're likely to go and stumble into the bomb and that thing was made to take out cars. Thin bloods nod. Yeah. And then one by one they start to climb down the ladder into the tunnel. Morgana is the last one down, and just before she pulls the trapdoor shut, she looks up at you, smiles, and says, Look, I don't know what we're going to owe you for this, but thanks. Aren't many full bloods who'd actually have gotten us out of there. Nobody deserves this shit. Okay, yeah, nobody. She nods. You'll always have friends among the thin bloods. And then she pulls the trap door shut. As they leave, Vincent sets, lets out a bit of a sigh of relief. Aw, oh, they're growing on him. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he doesn't have to look at them anymore. Pretty yeah, much. Right. <laughs> Alright, guys. Good news is he doesn't have a big giant scary monster. Bad news is he is such a big giant scary monster. And we gotta take him alive. And staked. Cool. We can't use fire. We, if anyone latches onto them, we need to pull them back before they drain them. If the, you know, beasts happen. Do you really want that guy inside you? I don't. So, try to avoid his eyes. And he's probably got a murder turkey variation. That's all I can think of. Anyone else got any tactics or suggestions? For the first time in probably hours, Emily's voice bursts through the headset. And, uh, whatever they said about Slick, make sure you get him out of there too. That's a given. Oh, there's no way we're... There's no way we are not saving Slick. Does anyone want to be unsafe? He's rude, and he's an idiot, and he doesn't know what pizza is. But he's my rude idiot who doesn't know what pizza is, and you bring him back! We are gonna stuff him so full of dominoes he can double as a Thanksgiving turkey with the worst stuffing ever. I don't like that cute. Anyway, I'm gonna... Anyway, this guy will probably monologue at me, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I'm guessing my... the... My sense of bloodstone's still going, isn't it? Yep, still going. Your, your yeah. bloodstone is still going, and you know it's very close. You don't know exactly where it is, but you could reach out and grab it. Inside you, your blood is squirming. You are very close. Yeah. My, my eyes shut for the last time. Are we ready? As I blow out the Uzi and... <laughs> Vince doesn't say anything, but he does the same. Yep. He's got the gun ready. I probably want to get in there before you realize this slick can't do alchemy. Yeah. And uh, while Vince knows the plan, he does have a magazine of incendiary rounds still on him. Yeah. It's not loaded, case. though. Yeah. Figure you'd be riding the stake launcher, but okay, man. I got birth. Yeah. Good man. For the record, y'all are some damn good friends. Let's do this. Door open, and we go hunting. Hope steps Derek. towards the door, gives one last look at everyone else. Derek, ready? 
Yeah. Ready to save your son? <laughs> My boy. And then... Pick her up so fast. Finally. I know, right? After what seems like an eternity, Hope pushes the door open. And you step out of the security room into the factory floor. The factory floor takes up the majority of the building's real estate. It's a big, wide-open area with a concrete floor and several lines of factory machinery standing throughout the space. The factory machinery's been turned off, and a lot of it, at least the first few lines between here and the end of the building have been dismantled and the space where they used to be is taken up by rows upon rows of fold-out plastic tables each of them groaning under hundreds upon hundreds of glass vials containing blood various other liquids and substances of different colours, racks containing empty syringes, and beyond that, the walking calcinator. At this point, it's nothing more than a gigantic ball of flesh, tall enough that its entire mass stretches from the concrete floor to the roof above. Twenty plus stubby human legs stick out from the very bottom, giving it just enough mobility that it can carry itself from one side of the makeshift lab to the other when it's needed. There are no faces, no signs that this thing is even alive. You catch it just as it's in the middle of shuffling past the factory lines back to what must be its quote-unquote nest at the back of the building where a space has been cleared for it when it's not when it's no longer needed sent away just as its master turns around to register your presence, standing in the middle of the room, surrounded by the instruments of his work, standing in front of what appears to be a long wooden coffin filled with blackish dirt, is the man dressed like a butler out of clue. As he sees you, his red lipstick twists into a cold smile, and his pale skin squirms with excitement. He holds out his right hand in greeting. Hey. Long time no see. The prodigal daughter returns, he says. And she brought party favours. Well, I must say, I'll never say no to more refreshments.
Dude. Okay, okay, look, if we're gonna continue this conversation, I'm gonna need a frame of reference. When were you turned? When did a monster decide that you'd make a great monster? Funny story, he says. He holds up one finger. 2006. Chicago. Okay. Zemis, by the okay. end, by the name of Wendy Wade, thought that I would make a good blood keg. Fate had other plans. Okay, okay, so... Dude, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck what? He says. The blood okay, compels I... us to do what the blood will. Do you know nothing about your clan, child? Are all you Americans as theatrical? American? <sighs> he says, looking over at Vincent. I'm not American. Please, please, he smiles once again. He clearly does have a flair for the theatrical. He says, my name is... Alexander Borgra. Borgra, you understand. It's Romanian. <sighs> okay, that explains a lot. Look, man. How do I put this? How the fuck do I put this? You say the blood compels you. You say the blood controls you. The blood controls you because you let it. You remember when you told me to let the blood do its thing, and I told the blood to fuck off? That's because I am the master of my body, not the goddamn blood. You? You just let the blood do whatever, and this is the fucking result. Look at you, in the middle of a desert, slaving away for... What, a ventru? Alexander smiles, and he says... We're more alike than you think. Last time I saw you, you were Roger, were you not? And here you stand with a new body, a body befitting my... who you are. That's my dead name, sir. Please don't use it. You're what now? He, he gestures towards Vincent and he says, And here you are in the service to Aventru, trying desperately to apprehend me so that you can clear your name, make good with the primogen. <laughs> Whereas I, I bent the primogen to my will. Oh, it was wonderful what Annabelle and I shared. Oh, Annabelle, Triabelle, how we, how we bent you guys know the cord to our... Whim. <laughs> he clasps his hands together, clearly relishing in some memory that is his and his alone. Okay, this is a not here thing. This is a not here thing. He says, I came across the world for you. Yeah. I put a fucking hemisphere between us and you did not get the clue. Because, you see... I am as I am Zemis, and Zemis 
We do not allow our property to be taken away. Oh my god, okay. you're so I understand cringe. you're Romanian and there's a human trafficking thing that goes on in that area of the world that's very bad. But slavery is not a thing anymore. He says, the blood would have directed me to you eventually, it is true. The blood calls and the blood compels. But no, in this case, the fact that I am here is owed to a benefactor within the local Camarilla. It is he who contacted me, said how curious that Azamis had made herself known within the domain and piqued my interest. I'll not say I've ever been 100% devoted to the Sabat cause. I simply do as I wish, and they provide the least resistance to my normal pursuits. Normal. Normal. So, leaving Los Angeles, leaving Chicago, those were merely trifles. I decided I would come here, repay my debt to the benefactor, and when the blood would deign to bring us together as it has finally, I will take my leave of this wretched domain. Return to the home of the blood and live as a Zemis. Uh-huh. And what was your plan for getting me on board, just curious? He smiles, and he says, Because you are my child, you have my blood, you have the blood of the eldest cursing through your veins, and there is simply no choice at all. The blood calls. The blood does as it will. Thus, it has always been and always will be. Besides, I'm the only one who knows how to reverse this. He gestures towards the coffin behind him and then steps away. And there, poking out of the dirt, out of the garden bed within the coffin, you see a single flesh-coloured sunflower. It has a mohawk. Cool, so you just turned Slick into a freaking little chapel forest plant. Yeah. It's can't help so. but laugh at the absurdity of that. Touche, says Alexander. I always did like the <laughs> reference myself. Blood flowers, I call them. Yeah, good one, man. <sighs> so, just quickly, sorry. I should have maybe brought this up a little earlier, but it's... No, go for uh, it. No, uh, Derek was... Derek basically had the thought of, while him and Hope are monologuing at each other, that 
he could try and use that as a distraction, enough of a distraction to try and sneak around closer to the guy. Yeah, go ahead, make a deck stealth check for me. And would my deck still be boosted, or is this a new scene? Ah, uh, this is a new scene. So you might have you to boost it again. My dog. If I catch what he's doing, I'm going to try and use acting to. <laughs> I would rouse, but I'm at four, <laughs> so I'm not going Ooh, to. Yeah. Oh, but five the last thing he needs is feeding on slick. Yeah. Or the guy. Bad idea, that. Yeah. Uh, also, that's one success. What am I feeling? Hopefully, he's distracted enough that he doesn't notice. <laughs> We're going to give him a penalty dice, giving, bringing his dice pool down to seven. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> he rolls three successes. Ah, 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 he says, as he sees you sneaking off. He turns immediately back to Hope, and he says, Please, darling, try to control your pets. Hmm? If oh, you're I to bring them along do. with us, you'll need to demonstrate they can do what they're told. It's... Vince bristles. He doesn't, he says, doesn't say this out loud, but in his head he's thinking, Her pets... All due respect, sir, you and I both know there's one way how this ends, but before that, I will cut you a deal. If you reverse that sun, if you reverse that sunflower thing, then I will fight you with my eyes open. (sighs) How boorish says Alexander. So it's going to come down to a fight, is it? Well, I mean, you could put a stake in your own heart. Fine. Do you have anything else in mind? I mean, if you told us your benefactor, we could maybe work something else here, but really, I really don't want to go with you because you're a creepy, weak-willed thing that's given up uh, the no he is no this is he's a fucking cock this is on me he says smiling sadly this is on me you were not exposed to our clan oh no oh there we go ah Debbie's back this is on me, he says. As a fledgling, you were not exposed to our clan. You did not learn the ways. That is on me. I should have chased after you. I shouldn't have simply decided to play a game. <laughs> a game of hide and seek. I should have hunted you down right then and there and brought you into the fold. I have no one to blame but myself. It is just as Annabelle used to say. The child uh, must be told how to do everything or they will ruin your plans. And do not blame them for it. Do not blame them for it at all, darling. For it is not their intention, it is simply their nature. You have to give them tough love. You see, Annabelle was like that. 
Annabelle. Sure this guy isn't a Toriador. Annabelle's brood was very. Well, one of them rests permanently within my garden bed in Chicago, but the others. He seems as if he's about to lose himself again in a monologue, but then he shakes his head and he says, That's neither here nor there. You are sitting here in a factory full of people you made into meat puppets out of boredom, working like mad for a venture, trying to reconnect with a lost daughter, and mourning your ex, who's a world away and couldn't care less about you. God oh damn, my god, right. An ex? He says, and you see his eyebrows raise, and his hand twitches, folds into a fist, and says... An ex? No. No. I had no feelings for Annabelle. It was all out of convenience. It was her uh -huh. who was blood-bound to me, not the other way yeah, around. Okay, you totally dumped her. I got it. She didn't dump Vince you. sort of mimes jacking off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh... Just right. Sort of, just, just quietly enough so, like, hopefully only the group can hear. It's just like... If we want to start this thing off, instead of listening to him, everyone close your eyes first, but, you know, I'll leave it up to you, Hope. Way ahead of you. So, you're not going to turn him back from a sunflower until we have to do that. You're not going to name his benefactor, and there's no outcome you want here short of me going with you back to Chicago. That pretty much sum it up. Well, he thinks for a moment. I must confess, this did not turn out how I thought it would. I thought it would be a simple matter of the blood. Again, that's on me. Yeah, some of us have the willpower to be ourselves and not our blood. But you didn't fucking learn that lesson, did you? He says, hmm. You know, my sire considered that I would be embraced drunk from and destroyed and yet here I am I'm still alive still walking this earth do not say that I lack the insight to move beyond my station then the last me. time child come away with me and say goodbye to this wretched domain we will return to Chicago, and there, the Primogen and the Prince are wrapped around our fingers. We will live like king and queen. Mate, can I tell you something about women? I depose the Emperor, a father and son. Go, sorry, Vince, go on. Can I tell you something about women, mate? Oh, God. No one likes to be a rebound. No, Point. I, th I think this is more of a Frankenstein's bride thing. <laughs> I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say how no, and I'm going to point out I was raised by a bruja, and that's the point I bring the gun around. <laughs> <sighs> he cool. sighs, pulls nice. his dinner jacket closed in a huff, and he says, So, was all, was all for nothing then? The toiling away in 
toiling away in Thornton Adams' bizarre plan, working with the Inquisition, kidnapping thin bloods, helping that La Sombra idiot infiltrate the Camarilla. All of that was just busy work so that my child, who is rightfully mine, defies me in the end. About some, with the exception of a couple of statements there which are very untrue, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Fine, he says. I feel it is inevitable then that I must demonstrate the power of the blood to beat you into submission. That's when nice. you are torpid and at my mercy. Oh, the things you will experience. The world of nightmares <sighs> I have to show you, my child. By the I've way... I've seen that movie. That movie was better than you. You're not pinhead. You're pathetic. By the way, I'll not reveal the name of my benefactor, as I'm a man of my word. But if you check the computer in the security room you just came out of... You'll find records of some interest. Thank you very kindly. I will tell you this. If you're going to continue along this path, then be prepared. For the one who pulls the strings is not who you expect. And you are currently following their plan to the letter. I believe it. Good talk. Let's never do it never again. Alright, you fucking mongol, let's do this. And I want to roll for- I rolled for entrancement there and I got Ooh, five successes. Nice. Yes, so how many successes did you get? It was five. Five? Alright, let's see. Yeah. Let's I'm assuming Lord's played into that, yeah? Uh, yes it does. Then yeah, five. You mongrel. <laughs> okay, uh, and to resist that, it is composure plus wits. That is a dice pool of six. Oh, okay. That is five successes. Oh. Oh, how I loathe Ventru, he says, baring his teeth. Oh. I may not have been able to register my despair. Pleasure with the Ventru who led to me being run out of Chicago. But you will do nicely as a substitute. He clasps his hands together and then he grits his teeth and his immaculately tailored dinner jacket begins to ripple as its hem tears. Scatter and kill. Scatter and take him down. As his body begins to expand, his bones snap and coalesce in upon themselves as he calls forth his horrid form. What would you like to do? Bullets. All the bullets. Uh, We're going to start by boosting dexterity. Yeah, Seems like a dexterity kind of situation. Go ahead, roll roll your rouse check. And I'm going to be activating Daunt. Ah, uh, she doesn't get hungry. Yep, definitely Daunt. 
Derek? How, how, uh, how far away is he from us? Like, so he's about, I'd say he's about 10, 15 metres away, out the middle of the factory floor. And on, yeah, and it's all on one level, isn't it? All on one level, yep. Yes. Uh, just before we get into this, I'm I desperately going to buy a break. I'll be right back. Sure. Sure. Yeah, this is a good time. Just go for... Yep. Yeah. Go grab a drink. <sighs> My Discord kind of in the middle of things, but... Oh, <laughs> I think I got the gist of it. Yeah. Be right back. I have no range. No range. Nope. I can try throwing something, but I don't think that'll work. <laughs> you have spells? Yeah, but I'm also at hunger five, so I kind of want to fall oh, back on yeah. stuff that's too heavy. That's probably a good idea. Definitely a good idea. It's okay, he's probably not going to be focusing on you just yet. Yeah. Otherwise, if I can convince the others to look away, I'm going to try and flashbang him. <laughs> Yeah, that would... So perhaps for the time being, just stay in the distance and yeah. wait for him to get closer. It's... What's around? It's, just, it's like... You said it was just like plastic tables and stuff. In here. Yeah, just plastic tables. There's some machinery scattered here and there, but it's mainly just plastic tables and lab equipment. Yeah. Doing the whole, doing the movie classic of flipping the table and hitting cover behind, it's not going to do much either. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, no, not really. Yeah, no. okay. Some one of those cheap picnic tables aren't going to do much to stop pretty much anything. <laughs> yep. And what were you doing, Hope? I am going to shoot him. You're going to shoot much. him with the Uzi. All right. Yep. We'll go it with Hope does, first. It has regular rounds loaded. All right. As so... his, as the buttons on his oh, dinner jacket pop and the fabric tears as his face begins to contort, you raise your Uzi, point it straight at him, and start to fire. Bang! 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 bang. Go ahead, make a uh, composure firearms check for me. Not dexterity. Okay. Well, he's he's on the other side. He's far enough away that it would be more of uh, composure. I more think. of a name thing. Yeah. Uh, you know. Only two successes, then I'll pretty much die for cover. Yep, yep. Shoot off. I miss anything important? Ah, uh, we're just starting the round, that's okay. Um, yeah, you've got a mid-transformation, so... <laughs> you shoot off a... You shoot off a barrage of bullets right at him, and he's transforming into his horrid form. He can't do anything other than defend, so he's just going to make his standard athletics... Dex athletics roll to try to dive into cover, which gives him a dice pool of four... Okay. He rolls two successes to your two successes. He grabs one of the nearby tables and flips it. You hear a cacophony of breaking glass as the test tubes and beakers shatter. He throws himself behind the table as you riddle the plastic with bullets. And then you dive for cover yourself. 
Meanwhile, Vincent steps forwards, adjusts his dinner jacket and activates his awe, his daunt, staring directly in the direction of the Zemise. Does he have visible eyes still? He still does have visible eyes. Okay, I'll bear that in mind for now. Yep. I'd like you, Vincent, to go ahead and roll for me a Presence Intimidate check. You got it. And he's going to meet uh, Can I add anything to that at all? No, just Presence Intimidate. Three, four, five dice. That's... The board has been really annoying today. That's one success. So he has a dice pool of six. I remove... I give him a penalty die because he's susceptible to Presence, having spent so long and the presence of a Toreador. So much and so that he's nearly one himself. <laughs> and Absolute Kuma mentality. That is <laughs> four successes. Ah. You don't lose any of your willpower, but you don't chip off any of his yet. That's fine. He just takes one look at you and tells you, you... I will crush you. Crush that look <laughs> off your face if it's the last thing I do. Vincent blows him a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Chimera, what are you doing? Uh, chuckling. <laughs> uh, and, uh, her current plan is to run up to him, grapple, and try and rip one of his arms off before you can finish transforming. Ooh, very nice. Uh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. That is a proper gangrel plan. Yeah. So you sure is. You growl and you sprint across the room. You don't have blink though, so it's gonna take time to run up to him. And clearing the room to cover the distance will just about take up the round. You can still try to grapple him, but it will be with a penalty due to time. What would you like to do? Uh, I'll still attempt, because the transformation is one full turn, it right? It is one full yep. turn, yeah. Yes. Either now yeah, this will be the only, this right. will be the only pre-transformation opportunity, so, so go absolutely. ahead, make a strength brawl check, add an extra dot if you have the grappling specialty, and you have one penalty sure dice to this. Yep, so that is five, six, seven, eight, seven, uh, two, that is four successes. Four successes, he gets a, so he's going to rouse the blood. He gets hungrier, bringing his hunger up to four. But he Uh also adds three extra dice to his pool. And that gives him a dice pool of eight. Three, three, three. That is six successes and it's a messy crit. So as you leap towards him, you wrap your arms around his arm and go to pool. And still in the process of transforming he whirls around and his second arm which has grown larger the end of which is turning into a monstrous claw bats you away he then chases you out of cover and just to be safe while you lie on the floor digs the end of his claw into you screaming in rage and you take uh, how many successes did you get? Um, I got four. Four, so two, 
50 plus uh, another two. So you take uh, three points of superficial damage, unless you'd like to activate your toughness. Uh, that should still be active, right? Or do I need to roll for it again? To roll for it again now. Hmm, I'll definitely roll for that then. That's going to be absolutely necessary for this. Uh, so it's just a rouse check, right? Just a rouse check. Uh, she gets hungry. That's hunger three. Hunger three, yep. And you take one point of superficial damage as he kicks you away from him and then stands back behind the flipped over table, continuing his transformation. The last articles of clothing rip off and his transformation completes. His ribs, his yeah. ribs have burst out of his body and wrapped around his abdomen, forming a protective barrier of bone armor. Aside from that, he doesn't look particularly bestial or horrifying. Nothing like Hope's giant owl form. He's just very big and has a lot of body mass, and his skeleton seems to have swapped places. It's now on the outside of his body, forming something of a protective sheath around his flesh. His huge arms end in giant bone shivs. That is? Smiles and roars. Ha 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 ha! Mech mode! Oh, oh my god. Are kidding god. me? Get the. Oh Next my round. god. What are you guys doing? God, he's so cringe. Still visible eyes, yeah? <laughs> yep, still visible. His eyes are still visible, except they're now concealed under, like, essentially a skull mask that's welded to the front of his face. Dad, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. <laughs> oh god. Fucking evil vampire dad. If nobody else is going to go first, um, Chimera's going to try the same strategy and rip off his yep. face mask. Try to grab his face mask. Alright, Chimera, go ahead, make a strength brawl check for me. I have to quickly look something up. <laughs> uh, that is another success of four. Another success of four, okay. It's a very consistent day today. He still, he now has a dice pool of 11 on his strength brawl oh, check with hunger four. That's 10 messy crit. Oh my God. You dash towards him, Chimera, leaping up into the air, reaching out to grab the skull that now acts as his face. He whirls around and he shouts... The command of vicissitude is superior to anything, you mongrel gangrel can muster. And with a giant bone fist, he bats you out of the air, slamming you into the ground for... How much fortitude do you have? Fortitude? Yeah. Um, how many that's dots? a good question. Uh, two. Two, okay. So it's going to be... And you got four successes, so that's six. Yeah. Plus two, which is eight, halved to four. You take two points of superficial damage. 
Jesus. Thank Wait, you. That no, the feral that weapons are unhalved, so that is... Oh. You take six points of superficial damage, I should say. Oh, jeez. Not four or five? No, oh, Jesus. That puts so, her eight. Because he got, he got six extra successes, plus the plus two damage value of the weapons. So, I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. So, That's are you impaired now, Chimera, or do you still have health in the tank? Um, no, that's that's full superficial. Yeah, At this point, right. it takes two aggravated, right? Yep, so you take two aggravated, you're now impaired, and get a penalty die to all physical dice pools. Oh, really? So when your health hits zero from superficial, you take two uh, aggravated? Uh, oh, what? No, if you've got any left over. So, like... If if the oh no that was exactly that was okay. exactly down so no, to you don't take any ex you don't take any any extra damage but you are impaired. Um, yeah. I will point out that you can heal yourself in combat. You can heal yourself yeah. though, yeah. But um, the cost of getting so, okay, hope you're firing your gun. Go I'm ahead. I'm getting I'm getting within dex range and I'm shooting him. Yep. All right. So you're going to charge forwards within dex range. That's clearing about half the factory floor. You flip one of the yeah. tables, scattering the beakers and glasses. They shatter, and then you take aim at him from behind cover. Bang, 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 bang! Dex firearms for me, please. Three successes. Three successes. Uh, let's do his dex athletics. He's only got a... Oh, he's got a much lower dice pool on this. Oh, thank goodness. Ooh. Four plus three is seven. And mm. yeah, he hasn't boosted his decks at all, so that is with a dice pool of seven, four successes. This guy. God damn it, dude. Bullets riddle the front of his armor carapace. <laughs> and they bounce off, chipping bits of bone away. <laughs> laughs your sire. Um. Samis blood shall rule the world. Vince, Derek, what are you doing? Vince is running over to Chimera and having heard him just call her a mongrel, um, he yells back, You can't just fucking steal my line! You're the goddamn <laughs> mongrel! And he's going for entrancement again, but again, he doesn't know it. Uh, would my cocaine benefit go into that as well? It will go into it, yes. Oh, cool. Um, and that's ten dice. Uh, it's uh, five successes again. Composure plus wits from him. Okay, composure plus wits, giving him a dice pool of six with the penalty dice. That is four successes. Hey... How many did you get? Five. Five, yeah. He steps out of cover, turns towards you, and... Very surprisingly, considering the state he's in, he almost sort of purrs, he coos at you. But it was such an inventive and... biting insult, I could not resist! Vince is sort of taken aback by this because uh, 
it, oh, I also got hungrier. It really wasn't uh, much of a much of an insult. It was a pretty basic shit. Uh, and he sort of he says, I, I, "Oh, oh," and he sort of As he realizes he, he's, he's understanding talking. what's starting to go on here. Clever, and... like all Ventru, says the shapeshifted Zamisi. But not clever enough, just you wait. Trying to throw your presence around like that. You've impressed me just enough, I shall save you for last. And yet, even as he turns away to face the others, his left eye still turns, gazes upon Vincent. It's almost like he's utterly entranced. And I'm going to make this count as him being impaired while he's distracted by Vince's presence. Oh, thank goodness. Derek, what would you like to do? Uh, So, quick question with hunger. Yep. If you get to five and then do something and then have to rouse and fail, do you just immediately torpor or does whatever you're trying to do go first? You don't immediately torpor, you just do a hunger frenzy. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I'm thinking... Yeah, this guy's getting on my nerves, so I'm going to try and... So the, yeah, when you're at uh, Hunger 5, the first failed rouse check you do will instantly do a Hunger Frenzy, and then any other failed rouse checks after that will mean Torpor. Okay. Yeah, just because I'm going to use Extinguish Vita, but I was trying to decide whether or not I try and boost Intelligence first or not. It's entirely up to you. Yeah. Uh... Stuff at one, it's a boss fight. I'm gonna try and rouse intelligence. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Is it? That rouse was a fail. <laughs> so that rouse was a fail. We'll get to that in a moment. You can still do your extinguish fight, eh? So there's gonna be one rouse check to activate it. Yep. <laughs> Uh, oh, that one's a success, success, thankfully. That one's a success, okay. Now, as you activate it, you feel the blood reserves within your body drawing dangerously low. At this point, sheer willpower is animating you. There are mere drops left in your veins, and your beast is not happy. What are you doing? Your beast shouts. Eat him! Eat them all! Eat them now! Go ahead and make for me a hunger frenzy check. That will be willpower plus a third of your humanity. Uh, Four willpower. Seven. Third of seven becomes... What's that? Two, two, isn't it? Two round down. Oh, for God, that is a total failure. Total failure, okay. I can't walk out, can I? So you have extinct, you can uh, spend willpower. You can just straight up spend willpower to stave off the frenzy for a turn if you want. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Alright, so you spend a willpower feeling the frenzy consume you and knowing that you need to get this spell off. You, you hold back the frenzy as best you can as you point your finger at the Zemisi and bark, nearly roar the command words. Go ahead, make an intelligence plus blood sorcery check for me. On at this point, I'll take any type of crit. <laughs> Stamina plus composure. Yeah. Okay. Two. Yeah, this is a big one, so I'm gonna burn another will to reroll three. That's. No, you can only reroll non hunger die, can't you? Only non hunger die, yep. Okay, so I can only reroll two. Okay, that is better. Uh, so, four successes. To his two successes, oh, he screams, as blood gushes forth out of his mouth and his hunger goes up to five. Okay. I think one of those had been a critical, it would have been a messy crit. <laughs> and then... Just as the spell activates, you give in, the frenzy takes over, your beast roars, and you turn to the nearest source of food you can find, which is hope. Oh god. <laughs> okay, next round. Hope, you hear a roar from behind you, you look over your shoulder and you see Derek, his face contorted in hunger frenzy. Sprinting towards you, his fangs bare. I, I, I open my arm on one tooth and just hold it out while I continue to shoot him. It's not Derek. It's a meats. Yep. All right. I'm like, okay, this is acceptable. Go and ahead. Since I opened the wound, maybe he won't bite me. Go ahead. Make a Dex plus firearms check. successes and I need to draw this guy's attention is it worth the willpower yeah spending willpower four successes four successes let's see how he goes with his dex athletics which he only has a dice pool of four on <coughs> and then I'll back up to Derek and you know, let him feed on me. That is two successes. The bullets fly past the bone plating into his flesh, and an Uzi is, I believe, plus three. Sounds about right. So that is halved to three, and then his two points of armor subtract two. You deal one point of superficial damage to him. Some of the bullets manage to get through his exoskeleton, Blood begins to ooze, seep out from behind the plates of bone. You'll have to try harder than that, he calls out as he whirls around and begins to stomp towards you. Be with you in a second, I gotta give the Archimere some blood. And then you whirl around just as Derek's leaping through the air, pouncing on you. What do you do? I pretty much jam my 
cut wrist in his mouth and like, here, drink. Quick. Yeah, this is enough for Derek. Derek sinks his fangs into your wrist, swallows the blood, and then you let you lift the wrist out of his mouth, dropping him to the ground. Derek, your hunger goes down to four, and you are out of and the mine frenzy. mine goes to three. Get it together, man. Chimera, what would you like to do? Uh, is mending a full action, like a full turn action? Yes. No. Oh, wait, no, it's oh, not. It? No, it is definitely. No, it's not. It's a rouse, and then you can still do whatever. Oh, then I'm going to start by rousing and doing that. Yep. Uh, turn of failure, four hunger. Failure, uh, four hunger, but, but I you get... heal a point of superficial damage. Fantastic. I'm no longer impaired. impaired. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, I think she's learned a lesson for now. Uh, going straight for the face is not working. Um, she's going to be eyeing the Molotovs uh, kind of tucked into her pockets and uh, look at Vincent. Vince, what do you think? Um, I'm going to like indicate to her to be a little more patient because I share the sentiment but we might really want to have him alive. He's currently stomping across the lab space towards Hope, but his left eye keeps keeps twitching, drifting towards Vincent, and at one point he even stops, quickly shoots Vincent a glance and then continues on his way. Still entranced. I hope you're watching, Ventru. This is what's gonna happen to you next. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Um, Vincent takes this opportunity. Oh. Um, has has uh has Chimera had much of a run-in with fire in her time? I don't. Nope. She would not have. at all. Nope. She doesn't understand the severity of the matter. Okay. Um. Yeah, Vince is definitely going to not say like. Okay, Vince is definitely going to sit, like, to indicate to her that she, like, even whisper to her, like, hey, just give us a minute, alright? <laughs> and then, uh, seen, uh, Vince... many overturned flaming cars, but from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With a mob, crazy mob around them. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else in the coterie has been far too close to fire far too many times. Um, okay. Vince is going to... Uh, Vince is going to yell over to, um, to the Simi, see and he's going to say, Hey, Mongrel Boy! He stops and he just turns, faces you, but says nothing. Hey, Vince is rolling for Mesmerize, and he's going to... Uh, we'll see how well, we'll see how the, the check goes first. Uh, manipulation plus dominate. Uh, that's... God, I'm hungry either. Did her give us all weapons? I forget. Yeah, she did. Six. Mm-hmm. You got um, a submachine gun. I thought so. I didn't want to uh, mind, Can I get any bonuses here? Because... Um, um, you get... You get uh, one bonus die because of the already existing entrancement. Okay. Meaning he's um, already susceptible to you. Would looks play into it at all? Uh, 
No. No. That's eight dice. Um, longer. Um, three successes. Three and Vince successes is going to say... To his intelligence plus resolve. Yep, go ahead. What do you say? Play dead. <laughs> He's going to roll. He has a dice pool of four on this. And sensing that this would cause him to bow out of the fight and desperately not wanting to be dominated by a Ventru, he's going to rouse. Very dangerous at hunger five. Oh, I'm obviously I'm, I'm still at four, thankfully. Cool. He passes, bringing his dice pool to six. Four successes. I might spend a willpower on that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Now's the time. It's four successes then. Four? He's going to spend a willpower of his own to bring it to six. <laughs> ah, bugger. Never! Dang, right. Never! He breeds. Never again to a Ventru. Never! Never to okay, your kind! Um, while well, this is going on, Vince is like giving eyes to to uh, heart to like yep. and then Derek to like make a move he's distracted enough Derek cool it's your turn what would you like to do I hold up my hand to Derek go eyes and then I hook a flash bang at the guy <laughs> uh, Derek wait till the bang go uh, I'll also turn off echo location because you know <laughs> yeah Derek, go ahead and make for me a composure plus athletics check. Uh, two successes. Two successes. You close your eyes just at the right moment, just as Hope pulls the pin on the flashbang, looses it in the air. The bright light fills the factory floor, and the Zemisi roars in anger, flailing his clawed arms around wildly. I would like Hope to make a Dex Athletics check to dodge, please. Alright. Uh, that can be done. Eight messy critical, so instead of... No, sorry. I have a suggestion on what might happen, but, uh... <laughs> well, we'll see if his passes first. So, sure. his strength brawl dice pool of 11 gets one penalty die because of the entrancement to Vince. Another penalty die because he was distracted by Vince trying to dominate him. Hmm. And a third penalty die because of the flash flashbang, bringing it down to eight. And out of that eight, he gets four successes. So please Would go ahead like and your rate your messy critical. So, Hope meant to throw the grenade. She really meant to. But she's low on blood, the beast is loud, and this guy is just an asshole. So she runs up straight to him, getting way with a, in range, dropping the gun as she goes and leaps over him and spikes it down Magic Johnson style. Right, right in his face before landing on the other side in a three-point superhero landing as it blows up behind, as a poof behind her. Boom! He takes. And for a second, it's like, yeah, he did it. 
been looking red. Oh shit, he's right there. He takes three points of aggravated damage as plumes of flame surge up his bone plates and then fizzle away. And back to you, Derek. Derek, Please? what would you like to do? Yeah. If you can get off another extinguished Vitae, there'd be enough to push him into Torpor. Vincent Ooh. is very impressed with the way. Yeah, no, that was that was gonna be my plan anyway. It was God, just shut up already and try and extinguish that last bit of Vitae. <laughs> he hears you reciting the incantation again, and he says, "Not this time!" And he rushes towards you, flailing his arms in your direction. Vincent, I'd like you to make a dex or strength plus athletics check to get out Vincent, of the way so you can actually get his, um, so you can actually get the spell off. You mean Derek, right? Yeah, Derek, okay. sorry. I meant. Uh, so was it dex or strength athletics? Dex or strength athletics, yep. Three. Uh, yeah, strength athletics. Uh, that is three successes, hopefully. Three successes to his six successes. <laughs> you take six points of superficial damage as he plunges oh, one of his bone claws into your torso, ripping your trench coat to shreds and taking a chunk of your flesh with it. Yeah, okay, that's my first bit of aggro to damage. <laughs> Ever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first P wow. So you're impaired. Yes. Well. Yeah. I have five health here, so that was immediately enough to impair me and yeah. then you aggravated. <laughs> As oh, he yeah. flings you to the Good ground, you have the blood on your fingertips. You're still ready to cast the spell if you would like to do so, but you will get a penalty die on the roll for it. Uh, just the one penalty? Just the one penalty. Good. Has her yeah. turn. You have willpower. This could end it. Yeah, I'm still gonna do it. I'm, my intelligence is still boosted. Yep. So rouse. <laughs> Just go ahead and rouse. Oh, it's a success, thankfully. Oh, thank God. So that's what are we? So that's that. That. That's three. Uh, no, minus one. So it's only six, not seven. He's rolling with one penalty die because of Vincent's entrancement. You're welcome. Did the flashbang ruin anything? It, no, it's not okay. It's answer. removed his. It's removed a point of his armor, which. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Burning another will point for a reroll. Yep. Go ahead. Ah, not aggravated. So it only comes to three successes. Three successes. He's rolling with his dice pool of five. Yeah. That is two successes. Yes. Oh. oh hell yeah! <sighs> you push oh, his hunger God. up a level. He roars Aah! as he raises the clawed hammer hand above his head, ready to bring it down on you. 
Die, you serpent! Die! And then the hand stops halfway down. His voice catches in his throat and he screams, No! No! As before your eyes, his giant clawed hand begins to shrink back down to normal size as his bones crack and snap and his skeleton is once again pulled back into his flesh as his body shrinks down into its ordinary form and for just a brief moment he stands before you nearly naked save for the tattered remnants of his dinner jacket and one half leg of his slacks his mouth open frozen in a half-spoken death threat to you, you serpent. And then his eyes roll into the back of his sockets, his pale skin turns hard and grey, and he falls forwards with a thump in torpor. Pull out the stake and start moving toward him. Uh, oh my god. Stake through the heart. First thing you do, stand over his torpid form and force the stake down into his chest. His rib cage and flesh crumble like dirt as you force the stake in, hammering it insecurely. He's done. Vince is not only extremely hungry, but also very low on willpower. And so, he's operating on his worst impulses once more. And he simply strolls over to the flesh crafter. I move the stake away. launcher drawn. I move away. He's down. Straight into his crotch. He's done. <laughs> Just a... Okay, he deserved that one. <sighs> the pelvic okay. bone shatters with the force of the stake launcher. And the torpid vampire gasps. <laughs> as the stake <laughs> wedges itself right years ago. in the core of... Right in the core of his solar plexus. So, somebody grab Slick. We'll take him with. I might be able to do this given time. I'm going to rig up the last two IDs next to the couple of Molotovs next to that vat because we have to burn that. I point at the big yeah, walking The big walking calcinator. It's still yeah. lumbering around at the back of the building. Each footfall it makes, causing a huge thump to echo through the factory building. I look over it. Hey, stand still. Matt doesn't have blowing glaze. <laughs> doesn't understand a lick of English, continues lumbering around at the back beyond the factory lines in whatever passes for its nest. 
aimlessly back and forth and waiting for its master to summon it once again. Okay, is everyone in control of themselves? Hanging on. dusts herself off and um, gets up on one knee and then ups her feet. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. And it felt better. Whatever of me's left. Is any does any of the blood on these tables look still good? I don't know. It looks like blood, but it's yeah. clear that it's come from that large walking monstrosity at the back of the room, this, which yeah, means it's probably, probably all play examples and stuff. Yeah. And actually, we could probably could we? take some of this to help the Tremere out. Of course, we got the Alchemist who did this, so they know this too. Despite the carnage that's been made in the room, there's still a couple tables standing, some racks of test tubes and vials that are still intact. Pull out the duffel bag and start loading them up. Yep. Uh, While you do that, Kimura's going to um, grab the flesh crafter by the scruffer's neck and fall over her neck. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, good. Thank you. You're strong, good. Um, I go set up the charges so that I could basically pull a long rope once we're down in the tunnel and trigger them to, like, flame and kill the beast. Hopefully. As you set up the IED, your duffel bag rattles with all of the... all of the vials and sealed test tubes you've stuffed into it. They'll no doubt be of invaluable use to Crow and Alistair in their attempts to find the one missing link they need to finish off the cure. And then, the place is rigged up. All you have to do is pull the lever and it will burn. Lost forever in a conflagration of fire and gunpowder. So... You know what? The tunnel's too slow. And we need to clear the yard. The leech things will attack the first responders otherwise. I pull out a tear gas grenade and my last flashbang. We can just open the door, huck those out there, and, like, gun them down while they're stumbling. Sound good? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Lua, or, or lure I, them I in and seal yourself in the tunnel and blow the place. Would that take out the leech things, too? Most likely. Yeah, yeah we're hiding basically right outside the door, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they are, yeah. Alright. Just get don't forget Slick. Oh, yeah. no, no, we're taking Slick. You dig your hands into the blackish dirt in the coffin, dig deep until you can find what must be the slick flower's roots, and then you hoist him out. The roots are like long, fleshy tendrils, almost with the shape and colour of umbilical cords that dig into the earth. The flower sort of droops sadly as you stow it in the duffel bag with the rest of the specimens. Relax, man. We'll find a way to fix this. Alright. Yeah. 
then I guess it's down into the tunnel, wait until we're at the other end, then blow it. Yep. But as you stand... Oh, before we yeah. do that... The security room, the computer yeah. records. I was going to say, as you stand right. in front of the trap door down into the tunnel, you see the computer sitting on the desk next to the bank of monitors. And you remember... Is- Look in there. You'll find records that will be of use to you. And I do. You direct everyone else down into the tunnel while you bring up the computer. You move the computer mouse, bringing the desktop up on the screen and start to search through the files that are scattered right there. You don't even have to look for them. The flesh crafter made no attempt to find them, and everything is here. A series of financial records indicating where the indicating where the second inquisition's funds are going, where all of the specimens, virus samples, and vaccines, all the constituent parts have been acquired from, how much they cost, and who supplied them. The majority of the transactions on the list are payments from the Second Inquisition, their shell companies taking control of Magadon, priming it to perform their dirty work. But there are several rather large infusions of cash that come from a... Adam's Investments. And at the very bottom of the records, a transfer of personnel from Adam's Investments to Margadon Pharmaceuticals for the purpose... For the purposes of bumping up security during Operation Unicorn... A new head of security has been listed, an acquisition from Adams Industries. Oh, that fucker. Head of security of Magadon Complex, Elliot Palmer, formerly of Adams Industries, Proprietary Limited. There's the link. (laughs) So... I am not only so I'm not only thumb driving this, I am also zipping it and putting it into a anonymous Google share. I am also picking up the hard drive and taking it with me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go ahead, make an intelligence technology roll. Uh, let's see. So that's yeah, four dice. What the hell? I'm feeling lucky. Only one success, I will... Or not. I'm controlling when this happens. What I'm trying isn't that difficult. Yeah. But I will... At this point, it would suck to lose it, so I'll try a willpower anyway. Just in case. And never mind, it's one success. One success is enough. Alright. You finish... Finish skimming the documents. Read just enough more to 
satisfy your curiosity. That security over this site is a joint operation between the Australian Federal Police and Elliot Palmer's men under the auspices of Adams Industries and Adams Investments. He supplied the operation with a two-pronged strategy, money from his investments company and Elliot and a selection of his most valuable retainers as security. The document goes on to explain that the flesh crafter refused to have this security on site. Stated that he would like to keep his domain under wraps in his own way. Leaving Elliot and the others resigned to their fate of simply watching the computers back in Melbourne, waiting and hoping that one day someone would trigger the alarm and that the flesh crafter would call for help. Something which, in his own hubris and pride, he never did. You all assemble on the other side of the tunnel. The thin bloods are waiting. In fact, as they see you climb out of the tunnel, there's looks of utter shock and disbelief on their faces. Morgana brushes away a lock of dirty blonde hair as she says, a gasp. You... You... You made it back, you... You actually stopped him, you... You saved us all! Hey. Did, you know, did our best. Now, you might want to cover your ears. They nod. And knowing what's coming, they clasp their hands in front of their ears. I assume Vince, Derek, Chimera, you all do the same? Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Actually, Vince, Vince pulls out some headphones from an, from an inside <laughs> pocket and pops yeah. them on. He pulls out Beats by Dre and um, starts playing music while Hope leans down, grabs the rope that runs through the tunnel and pulls it. There's a delay of just over a second, and then BOOM! The ground itself shakes under your feet. Outside, through the lobby window, you see the factory building turn into a fireball. Shards of wood and metal are flung into the air. You hear pitter and patter as debris rains down on the roof of the admin building. And then within seconds, it's all over. All that's left is the flames. The Inferno. I'll shut off the electric fence. Head to the doorway we came out. Disarm the... Actually, no. I'll direct people over the bomb. 
then I'll lay it down one last Molotov and, well, the fire will reach it anyway. What the hell? Exit the admin yeah. building, carefully stepping over the last remaining booby traps. I'll pop it on the way out once we're clear. So first responders don't, you know, die. Yeah. And then Some, we yep. Go ahead. get to the guardhouse, collect John Goulman. <laughs> yeah, scoop him up. As you make your yeah. way past yeah. the gatehouse with John Goulman slung over Chimera's shoulder, you feel the intense heat of the flames, hear the sound of the crackling fire. Hear the creaks of iron and wood warping and burning and you almost want to turn, look at it, watch the last remnants of Project Unicorn be swallowed up in the flames. But you're vampires. And you listen for once in your unlives to your squir to the squirming pathetic protests of your beasts you simply walk away back up the street towards the otolli's restaurant lights still turned off you pop the trunk on hope's suv lower john goulman and the duffel bags containing samples and the slick flower into the boot and then slam the hatch shut. Thin bloods get their own. Thin bloods get their own car with uh, Chimera. Can you drive him back to Anarch Turf? Uh, she nods sagely, and she looks extremely tired. And we need to take the package straight to Adiz. I can call him on the way back. Set up a meeting spot. We've got just enough time to make it, then scatter to our havens if things go as planned. Derek, can, I hate to ask this, but can you... No, never mind, you're really low on blood. It's just after 3am. If you speed, absolutely floor it down the highway, you'll be back in Melbourne in time. Are you ready for the journey back? is do I have enough time to try and call animals you can try I will try go ahead what's out in the what's out in the bush well we're in it's civilization when you're fast food places rats are as rats standing there in the darkened Otolli's parking lot as the Thin here. Bloods make themselves comfortable in one of the rented Land Rovers, as Chimera saddles into the driver's seat, places her hands on the wheel and prepares for the journey back, Hope summons local wildlife. Go Three ahead. Three successes. Three successes. Tiny little eyes appear in the darkness, and soon... Nine large rats have gathered in a circle around Hope, chittering eagerly. The Thin Bloods sitting in the Land Rover watch in awe, their faces pressed against the windows 
They've clearly never seen this before. I will direct three over to Derek three to Chimera. Take two for myself and toss one to the Thin Bloods. You toss it through the open back door window. It lands in the Thin Bloods car and Morgana looks out and she says, A rat? Do you really think we're going to? And then ah. she trails off as one of the other Thin Bloods bites into it. She rolls her eyes, turns around, and joins the feast. <sighs> sorry, sorry. Now let's move. So, what's the arrangements? Derek's in his own car, I take it? Yeah, me and Vince have the Land Rovers, and Chimera's got the Thin Bloods in the second position SUV. Alright, he's already gotten into his car and potty backed up the stereo. Yeah, he's waiting, but he's just on his own. His cars could go while he waits. (laughs) Waits for everyone to finish eating, and then when they're finally done. Vince, when you see everyone else finally make their way to their vehicles and climb in, you roll your eyes and slam your foot on the pedal. The tyres squeal, the engine roars to life as you lead the convoy down the road and into the night. The industrial waste... Yep, go ahead. Sorry. I'm making two phone calls as we go, and the first one is not to a D's. The first one is to Clarice. Clarice, My yeah. social worker. Yeah. It rings a few times. It's late at night. You've probably pulled her out of bed. Yeah. At least you hope she won't mind. And then there's a click. And finally you hear her f- tired voice. Oh, Hope! Hope, what's the matter? Clarice. Clarice, I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up. I... I have to speak in generalities, okay? Oh, darling, darling, it's okay, it's okay. What's the matter? I, I, Immediately the tiredness I, in her voice is gone. I'm sorry. I, I had to go and confront an abusive parent. My, my dad. I had to go and confront him. And on the way there, I was stuck with someone he was abusing. And I didn't think I abused them too. It was wrong. (coughs) I was really off my game. I was really nervous and I I knew it was wrong as soon as I did it. I gave in and I'm no better than they are. I'm just a monster like they are. I just hide it better. No, no, says Clarice. You're not a monster. You... You're not everyone's keeper. Sometimes people have to make their own choices, and sometimes you have to do what you can to survive. Sometimes the only choices we have are crap ones. Yeah. This was a pretty shitty choice. And the only thing I can say is that I'm not going to do it again. And I hope I can get that promise. I'm still... 
I guess I'm sorry and I can't tell them that now and I never will be able to again. Look, it's late, says Clarice. You just need to go home, get some rest, have a good night's sleep, and realize that none of this was your fault. I'm here for you, she says. I know. And you're better than I deserve. And then there's a click as she hangs up. May I remove that stain? You may remove that stain, yeah. I think I might need to roll on a stain for the end of this session. Yeah. So, before you have a chance to make the next phone call, the industrial outer reaches of Bendigo soon give way to grazing paddocks and farmland and after about half an hour these too fade swallowed up by unspoiled bushland the wilderness the outback you're driving down the highway four cars four cars proceeding in single file as a convoy down the inky black road flanked on both sides by thick bushland trees that seem to gnarl and twist and merge into each other more like more like a wall a wall of nature a fence to keep civilization penned in than a simple tree line. And Vincent, you're at the head of the convoy, so I would like you to please make a resolve plus drive check for me. You got uh, it. Um, four successes. Oh. Four successes. Vince, as you lead the convoy down the highway through this dense patch of bushland, something enters the high, the edge of the high beams. And when you see what it is, you grab the wheel and wrench it to the left as hard as you can to swerve out of the way. You slam your foot down on the brake and the tyres of the of the cars behind you squeal as the convoy comes to an abrupt stop. Lying across the middle of the road is a metal patio chair. Currently staring through the high beam lights up into your faces, her skin pale with fear, her face wrought with panic, is a woman, perhaps no older than early to mid-twenties. She's covered in dirt, muck, scuff marks, scratches, and a thick steel chain binds her to the patio chair. So, since the beast and echolocation are going up, right the fuck now. Yep. 
Does anyone exit their vehicles to approach this woman? Vincent is staying in the car for now, but the stereo is off. Yeah, stereo. Reach over, flick it off. Chimera, in your car, the thin blood see this woman in the middle of the road, and Morgana gasps and says, Oh my god, that woman! Someone's just left her in the middle of the road! We've gotta- we, we need to give her- we need to get help! And as she reaches over, grabs the door handle, Chimera, do you do anything? Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, the first thought, um, that runs through her mind is, uh, werewolves, but that may not be what's happening here. Still, she's been primed to, uh, be on her guard <laughs> anywhere out here, uh, so she's gonna, um, reach back behind and hold the door, um, closed by the little handle, say, no, wait. But those people are- One of the other thin bloods says, shh, to what she says. She knows something's up. Something's up. Yeah, Kamara's going to shoot them a very, very stern, serious look. When yeah. I say wait, I mean wait seriously. Derek, wait, wait. alone in your yeah. vehicle, what do you do? Yeah, where, where about was I in the convoy again? Was I? So you'd, I'd say, I'd say you're in the middle. So I'd say it goes Vincent, and then Chimera, and the Thin Bloods, and then you, and then Hope right at the back. So one Land Rover on either end. Yeah. I'm guessing sort of peering around to see that. Does it seem to be like... I don't know if it's like something it's like... Does it seem like this is like a, a type of like lupine trick of like... Sort of like the hitchhiker on the side of the road thing. Like they you get you to get out and that's when the rest of jump out. You can make an intelligence occult check for me. Oh, how much um... Hunger? Did we remove for the rats? By the way, three? Uh, one, uh, three. three rats. If you uh, if you ate three rats, three hunger. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm still at four, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Vincent, you're Not much we can do for you, man. Two successes. Two successes. All lupines need is to make vampires stop. This is what drifts into your head. They only need to make their prey stop for a second. Hope? Yeah? I'd like you to do your Sense the Beast roll, and I would like Derek to do a Wits Awareness check, please. So I got two successes on Sense the Beast and two successes on Echo Location. Uh, with that realization, would I have had enough time to heighten senses, or yes, yeah, no, so yeah. I'm letting you add that. Cool. So that's no heightened senses is only plus one die, isn't it? Yeah, plus one. Oh, okay. He's turning off all the lights <laughs> in the car right now, by the way, but the yeah, engine's still definitely running. a good idea. Uh, so that's a messy critical five. Yeah, messy critical. Okay. Hope. Yeah. Gets out the car, starts yelling at them. You peer out into oh, the God. darkness. 
closing your eyes, using your sense the beast and your echolocation to peer beyond the tree line. There's something out there. It's not human. It's not kindred. There are three of them. And I... Derek, it is at this point that your senses honed to as sharp as they can be, almost as if your existence depends on it. You hear the sound of a snapping twig and you instantly turn to the left, peering out the window in the direction you heard it. And then you see it. A huge black humanoid lumbering out of the tree line, at least eight feet tall. Just as I go it's on the head long and canine, its sharp lupine teeth glistening in the headlights. Drive. Drive, drive, drive. And I follow my own advice. As the creature run as the creature begins to burst into a full run. It's two front leg, it's two front paws touching the ground as it begins to run in all fours. It opens its mouth and roars, Give us a flesh crafter, leeches! Chimera, all of the thin bloods in the car let out a terrified scream as a second lupine begins charging out of the tree line and then Vince at the front of the convoy you simply whisper oh shit as a third one leaps out of the trees and begins making a beeline straight towards your vehicle charging along on all fours okay Vince is um he's clutched in the car's still on by the way yep and uh oh yeah nobody's he's uh putting on some high revs and he's going to smoothly but quickly drop the clutch and try to spin off unpredictable like way yep what's everyone else doing peeling the fuck out yeah so hope is it clear if um i have a land rover i will go off road so I, the, I don't, you know, so that I'm stuck, not stuck behind the rest of the convoy. Yep. Uh, Chimera? Uh, is it clear if the woman is just a regular person or kindred who's bait, or is there something up with her as well? She looks completely normal to you. That's the scary thing. Mm. Would Derek have relayed anything onto us um, from Sense the Beast? He would have just had just enough time Top, yeah. to whisper lupines. Yes. Yeah. So thanks if to Derek. Any, if hope, is anything, I don't know what the fuck these are. These are. We need to go. <laughs> Derek, what are you uh, doing? No, I'm. Yeah, just over the like, just over the phone or whatever is we're using to communicate. Just it's a it's a fucking trap, and then just flooring it. Like, again, as much yep. as you'd like to help her, it's just like, yeah, he also knows, yeah, we don't want to mess with three lupines in our current condition. <laughs> so, Derek oh. and Hope, you saw them first, you got advanced warning, so I'll let you guys make dex drive checks first. So, this is a good time to boost dex. Yeah. Successfully, okay. 
Yeah, I'm gonna do the same, actually. Boost X. Yep. Uh, oh, I successfully boost, so I don't get hungry. <laughs> uh, success. Three successes, and I'm gonna willpower it. Four successes, hey, well, you know. Four successes? Okay. Total. Derek, how'd you Ooh. go? Uh, total failure. I'm gonna die. Total failure. <laughs> uh, Vince. You may make yeah. a dex drive check. You get one penalty dice as these things are moving incredibly fast. And okay, you... then I'm boosting dex as well. Yeah, I don't get hungrier. Um, okay. Which car is the flesh crafter in, actually? Uh, hopes. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I was trying to like, uh, Two success. Chimera, I that. assume you're following suit and just slamming the foot on the pedal and going? Almost. Um, she's going to look back as she steps on the gas and uh, relay relay a possibly dangerous but probably uh, the most humane plan she can think of. Morgana, <laughs> as we go past, open the door. Grab her hand, <laughs> we're taking her with us. Oh, you're kidding me. The thin bloods just nod in stunned silence. Chimera, I would like you to go ahead and make a wits drive check, as you're going to be doing something fancy and you get one penalty dice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this so bad. After that, I've got a thing I'd like to do. Yeah, well, I've got to describe the results of these all these yeah. checks Wits first. drive. Sure. Um, well, let's see how that goes. Uh, Messy Critical 4, fantastic. Oh, Jesus. lovely. So, Very nice. first of all, I will say, Derek, there are four cars and three lupines, and you happen to be in the one car that there are no lupines charging towards. It's Vince, Chimera, and Hope's cars that are currently seem to be the targets. So... You have just enough time, Vince, to, sl to uh, Derek, to slam your foot down on the pedal and scream past the others to the head of the convoy, getting out of there just in time, even with your total failure. However, with your total failure, your escape is quite clumsy. You nearly ram into one of the other cars and you swerve at the last moment to avoid hitting the woman on the road, meaning... You'll have very little time to double back and do anything if you need to. Damn. Vince, you see this eight foot tall monstrosity charging towards you and you don't hesitate. You just slam your foot down on the pedal and peel out. The tires squeal as the creature runs after you, getting down on all fours, chasing after the car like a mad puppy chasing a postman. It snarls and roars, Stop it, leeches, leeches, as it charges towards you. And I'm going to roll to see if it catches you. That's going to Oh no, not the Chad car. <laughs> no, this no, isn't the Chad car. No, this is not the no, Chad no. car. Oh, right. Unfortunately, this is, one of, this is one of the rented <laughs> Land Rovers, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was the only one stupid enough to bring their car out. How many successes well, yeah, could did only you get, Vincent? Yeah. Uh, it was two. Two. The Lupine gets four successes, and... Mm. Uh-oh. As you swerve 
to avoid the woman. You feel the ground pounding beneath you, and then you look up and nearly gasp, feeling terror take hold, as the lupine is just outside your vehicle. He's going to attempt a feat of strength. Adding his potence. Mm. Adding his potence to the roll, bringing his dice pool. Well, it's a Land Rover. There's a chance. Three... Going to be eight plus his post. Wait, wait, hang on. Is Derek in the beta? Derek's. No, he's not yeah. in the. Yeah, he's in the beta. <laughs> summoning. Oh Derek, man, you should have asked for something. Summoning its potence, the lupine roars. It reaches down and with a single motion rips the driver's side door off your car. Ah, uh, jeez. Chimera. Um. You see the lupine chasing towards Vince's car, but you've got other things of your own to deal with. You speed towards the woman who lies on the, lies on the asphalt, and as you approach her, you slam your foot on the brake pedal. The tires squeal, and the thin bloods push the back door open, reach out to grab her and pull her in. Do you assist? Uh, I don't think they'll leave my hold. Okay, I'm just going to lead them to roll. Uh, unless, unless that would, like, not affect her stomping on the accelerator and getting away. Like, if it would cause it to be much more delayed, then no. Um, no, it wouldn't really, because you'd just turn around, pull your arms, throw your arms out. Oh, then the yeah, 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 she'd help then. I'd like you to go ahead and make a strength athletics check. I'll be adding it to the number of successes that the Thin Bloods get. Thankfully, that's something she's very good at. Strength athletics is six. Uh, that's success of four. Success of four. So that adds to the one that Morgana got, plus two that the other Thin Blood that uh, Nate and Ethan each got. You grab the legs of the patio chair, and as the woman on the chair screams. You hoist it towards you, and just as you pull her into the car, Morgana reaches forwards to pull the door shut, when suddenly a huge furry, furry claw bears down out of the darkness, and the lupine rolls nine successes on his roll. Morgana screams as she's pulled out of the car, and in front of your eyes, the lupine rips her in half, roaring. Jesus Christ. He slams his paws down on the bonnet of the car, his fists crunching into the metal, and he bears his fangs and says, Give us the flesh crafter! Um, Chimera's gonna start blasting with the SMG as she gets in the car, so and anyway. scream, WE DON'T FUCKING HAVE HIM! <laughs> Go ahead, make for me a, uh, Composure or Dexterity plus Firearms check. Um, I'll do Dex and Firearms. Uh, so that'll be four, and one is five. Uh, success of two. Success of two. The lupine doesn't seem to make any action to avoid your bullets. He just lets them pound into him, dealing four points of superficial damage. 
He lets, at the last second, he seems to yelp in pain. He raises his paws, freeing your vehicle and allowing you to immediately slam your foot down on the accelerator and try to peel away. Hope. Hope. With that split-second warning you had, you had just enough time to peel away from the back of the convoy, speed past the others, and as you look in the rearview mirror now, you see your own Lupine still chasing after you. But there is enough distance between you and him that you have a couple of seconds with which to play with. I roll down the window, shout... Get your own kills, you fucking jackals! Then I drop a pit. Then I drop a paired CS and flashbang. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, guessing you guys have enhanced smell, and with the that size, you're gonna have lungs that'll draw in large amounts of gas. Have fun with that, fucker. Yeah. As you roll down the driving. window, you have just enough time to throw the grenades out the window. In this brief snippet of time, fragments of seconds, the lupine manages to catch up to you. And just before the grenades explode, he swipes his paw in your direction. Go ahead, Hope. Make a... Dex athletics check for me at a bonus dice because you're in a car. You fucking kill stealing pieces of shit. This is our kill. And hey, I still boosted. Yeah, I did boost Dex earlier. Seven, eight. Eight. Messy critical tip. Do I run his ass over? How many did you get? (laughs) I got 10 successes. 10 successes to the Lupine's 12 successes. So he leaps for me and... (laughs) So the first thing that happens is the paw smashes through the window. It bends the frame of the car door and slams into you. You take five points of superficial damage as you're flung from the driver's side of the car to the passenger's side. But as you go flying... As you go flying, you raise your gun and just fire back out at him. Bang, 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 bang. And as he stops, wraps his arms around the frame of the door and starts to pull it off. Your beast, sensing that this is your life or your death, seems to slow time to a crawl. Bang, bang. Bang! You fire three bullets right into the lupine's face. One in each eye, and another one right in the middle. He roars, taking... Four points of aggravated damage, ripping the driver's side door half off the vehicle. He stumbles away, just as... Bang! Bang! The gas grenades go off, and... Clouds of pale yellow gas begin to fill the area. A few seconds, less than a second passes, and you hear the lupine beginning to cough (coughs) as he lets out a great roar, and you see his silhouette there in the fog, doubling over, flailing his arms left and right in a frenzy. 
also rouse to heal and leap back into the seat and keep driving. Yep. Vids. <clears throat> you stand, you sit there in the driver's side of the Land Rover. The door is missing and the Lupine is preparing to reach in and pull you out. Uh, this is just hard locking the steering wheel to the right and putting his foot down as much as he can in second gear. Alright, go ahead. Make for me a dex or strength plus drive check. It'll be compared yep. to the werewolves. This is not going to go well. Um, um, let's just get anything else I can do with this. Um, well, you got some tear gas smoke to steer into. Yes, I will be aiming that direction. Yeah, you see the cloud of yellow gas beginning to fill the road, and you it takes less than a second for you to put together what Hope has done, and you decide to try to turn towards that. You grab the steering wheel, and... Uh, how many successes? Three. Three? So the werewolf gets five successes. Ow. You grip the wheel as hard as you can, slam your foot down on the pedal, but the werewolf roars. Not today, leech. Not fucking today. As he reaches his claws into the car, and you feel searing pain as his talons dig into your flesh. Your seatbelt rips to shreds as he drags you out of the Land Rover and out onto the asphalt. You take... Uh, five points of superficial damage. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm impaired with one aggravated. Well, it was a good campaign, guys. Derek, you yeah. have escaped, <laughs> but you don't have time to double huh? back and do anything. So, Chimera, oh, you, you're the one who sees Vincent get pulled out of the driver's seat oh, of the on. car. And uh, the resilience have limited that at all. Um, actually, yes, it, uh, wait, no, resilience just adds to your health tracker, so I don't think, uh, yeah, so you, so you have actually have extra health spots. Okay, yeah. so I'm not, I don't have any ag, but I am impaired. Yes. So Chimera, you see Vincent get pulled out of the car, out of the Land Rover, and you see him lie there on the ground, looking from left to right. Desperately looking for a way to escape as the lupine flexes its arms, clenches its fists, and prepares to go in for the kill. Uh, Meanwhile, she there's just a says second to herself, lupine. Not fucking today. Meanwhile, there's a second lupine mere meters away from your vehicle, but he's currently ripping one of the thin bloods to shreds in his jaws, so he's busy for a second. Uh, she's going to activate toughness. Yep. For now. Uh, so that's just a rouse check, right? Just a rouse check, yep. Yeah, she gets hungry, so that's two. Uh, she's going to pivot the car around and drive directly at the lupine to hit it. Ooh, here we go. Okay, make me a strength plus drive check. Can do. Uh, that's not going to be super impressive, but hopefully it'll be enough. Uh, success of two. Uh, I might spend a willpower to... Go ahead, go um, ahead, spend willpower. Uh, that just rolls one extra, right? Uh, up to three, non-hunger dice. Up to three? 
Um, oh, I should have rolled that with hunger dice. Oops. I just rolled that extra one. That's a success. So that's three successes. Three successes. Very well. Any more hunger? Any more willpower you'd like to spend, just in case? Uh, no, that's all. All three are being successes. That's all I got. Plus, so the Lupine's operating with a dice pool of eight here. You slam your foot on the pedal, hunch over the wheel, and you hear the tires screech as you speed towards the Lupine. He opens his mouth, revealing his huge canine teeth, and he's just about to clasp them around Vincent's neck when he sees the high beams of your headlights, looks and sees you, and at the last second scrambles to get out of the way. He rolls one success. Thump! The front of your car slams into the lupine, knocking him through the air, sending this eight-foot-tall behemoth rolling meters away down the road. He takes five points of superficial damage. But it doesn't stop him for long. Within seconds, he's already scrambling back onto his feet. You have just enough time to pull Vincent into the car. I was going to say, Kamara would uh, not stop and just, uh, just keep driving at a, a pace that one of the Thin Bloods could reach out with an arm and kind of hoist him in as they go. Yep. So, Vincent, you lie there on the ground and you close your eyes just oh. as you see these huge teeth about to bear down on you. You hear the squeal of tyres and a thump and open your eyes just in time to see this eight-foot-tall beast being flung through the air. Chimera's Land Rover is driving right past you, slowing down ever so slightly so that one of the Thin Bloods can kick open the back door and hold out his hand. It's the small, skinny one, Nate. Go ahead, Vincent. Make a strength athletics check to pull yourself, grab his hand and pull yourself into Chimera's strength vehicle. Strength athletics, okay. Um... You can rouse the blood, you've got time. Yeah, fuck it. I'm 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 not taking any risks here. I'm rousing strength. Uh, that's not hungrier. Wow, I'm lucky there. Um, so that's five dice. Let's hope all that cardio pays off. <laughs> um, messy four. Messy four. Oh. <laughs> you summon. Oh man. All every ounce of strength within you. <sighs> And as Nate flings out his hand, you veritably leap up. You grab hold of it with such force that you hear him yelp as you nearly pull him out of the vehicle. Nearly. I was worried I would actually pull him out, so that's that's good. Yeah. Were you worried? He's a thin bloke. I was worried, Ash. As he pulls you to your feet, as the car begins to pull you away, you... Look into his eyes, nod in silent thanks, and scramble through the window, coming to a rest on the back seat of Chimera's Land Rover, exhaling with exertion. <gasps> you are in the fucking good books. Go. Chimera and Hope, this is your chance. The Lupines have been distracted. There's one finishing off the grisly business that used to be a thin blood 
a second one stumbling around in the gas cloud, and a third who's pulling himself to his feet after getting smashed across the road by a car. Do you want to make a clean break for it, or are you, or are you stopping to fight? Oh no, I'm going. Yes. I am going. And as I am going, what's the local wildlife I've spotted along the way? Kangaroos, some dingoes, <laughs> lots of birds. Oh, that's lizards. appropriate. Jackals get dingoes. <laughs> I'm as I go. I'm summoning ding dingoes to go and fight, kill werewolves. <laughs> so first, they're gonna die messily, but oh, what? They'll try. <laughs> so, yeah, but first, a, a dex drive check. I'm assuming. Yep, yeah, dex drive check. Go on. Go ahead. Mm. Only two successes. Two successes. That's okay. You know what? Are you going to spend willpower? Do any of them have a chance of catching me? Well, you do still have to drive past the one that's flailing around in the gas, and there's a chance, you know, just a chance that he might just grab the car. So, yeah, I'm going to spend my last willpower to make it four successes. Oh, Oh, that's a messy critical. Messy critical. In fact, that, with a messy critical, that is six successes, and I think I don't yeah. drive past him. I think I drive over him. I think you do. <laughs> Chimera, <laughs> how did you go? Uh, with what, sorry? With your draw, uh, your dex drive check. Because I assume you're oh, going to make a break. That's for everyone. I assume you're going to make a break for it now. And oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, dex drive would be oh, just a four, I suppose. That's sad. Uh, still four successes. Four successes. Yes. Okay, you take just a second, just long enough to make sure Vince is in the car. You look at him over your shoulder, wink at him, and nod, and then turn, hunch over the wheel, and step on the pedal. As you scream past the lupine, he still isn't quite on his feet. Half lying down, half getting up, he... he, he grabs at your bumper bar with his great furry paw. The whole car jolts, and you hear a loud thump as the lupines, one of the lupines claws latches on, but it's not enough. You kick into top gear, put all the strength you have into it, and hear the tires squeal once again. The car jolts forwards, and the lupine's claw snaps off. He screams in excruciating pain as you leave him in the dust. Hope. You're nearly there. Chimera, Vince and Derek are all safe. You just have to make it past this last lupine. He can't see you coming. All he can see is the headlights and he's still flailing around in frenzy trying to not inhale the toxic fumes you've bombarded him with. You narrow your eyes, screw your face in determination, and drive. You hear a thump as he latches out with one of his paws, wrapping it around the driver's side's mirror. But you keep driving. You slam your foot down on the pedal as far as it will go, and the beast inside you is screaming, Run, 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 run! You hear the squeal of tyres, the snapping of bone, and the yelp 
of the lupine. And then you're through the cloud of gas. The lupine's hand still grips the driver's side mirror. But the rest of him is not attached. I take that sucker. Mine now. As you take one last look in your rearview mirror, see a one-armed lupine rolling on the ground in the cloud of gas. You gingerly reach out, grab his dismembered hand, pull it off your mirror, and drop it on your passenger seat. And then I will join... waggle it out the window with its his own middle finger extended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you hold it out, giving the middle finger into the cloud of gas as you scream on into the night. <laughs> His own middle finger. And then... You're safe. Driving off into the night. Screaming past the bushland. You leave the lupines behind as they curse your names. Leeches! Emily? Howling and Is roaring the okay? at the moon. You hear Emily's voice. I... What the... What in the actual... What... What... What was that? Werewolves. Werewolves? Yep. Guess they're real. I'm... I'm... I don't even know what to say. Is the team intact? Is the team still alive? She says, Chimera's feet, I saw one of the thin bloods got pulled out of the car, but three out of four, those things hit you without warning and they hit you fast. I'd say, I'd say you've done pretty damn good to get away with what you have. Yeah. Oh my God. See you back at home, I guess, says Emily. Yeah. No more stopping, okay? Yeah. Go ahead and cut footage here. As you drive quietly through the night, and I'm wrapping up here. I'm sorry this session went for so long, but I just had to throw that surprise. No, it's great. It's just been great. Um, No. Chimera, as you drive, as your car becomes parallel with the other two, the thin bloods gather in the back seat gathered around the woman who's tied to the patio chair. How's she looking? She's looking quite the worse for wear, and yet, somehow, despite the fact that she's covered, and all those scuff marks, all that mud, all that dirt and blood, she's still alive. And she's still with it enough to open her eyes, look right into your face, and whisper, Thank you. As the exhaustion takes over and she sinks into a dead faint, the thin blood That's the least we can do. They look at each other. It's at this point that it hits them that Morgana's missing. 
They simply let out a sigh of exasperation, hang their heads. And that, Vincent, is when you, the last one left, the last one paying attention to the woman, As everyone else turns away, as the thin bloods lower their heads to mourn their lost companion, as Chimera stares forwards like a machine, paying attention to the road, you're the last one focusing on this poor woman. You see her eyes dance under her eyelids, and you see the hairs on her neck begin to grow darker. Oh, oh shit. May Does I make Vince a know what to make of this? Vince? Yeah. You have reason to suspect that she is a lupine and is beginning her transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> tell you what. It's throwing her out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you aren't telling her to jump out of the car. Throwing her out uh, of the car? You sure? Her neck's, nice and, her neck's nice and supple there for you and you're at hunger four. Oh god. Oh, let's do that first! Oh god. <laughs> oh god. What's going on in this SUV? Well, your... we're about to lose a few more thin bloods. Your beast <laughs> roars within you. She's changing. She's like them. Kill her. Kill her now! And you smile, Vince. You smile. You will do just that. As Thick black fur begins to sprout on her neck, run down her arms as her fingernails begin to lengthen. You bare your fangs, and as the thin bloods gasp in shock and horror, sink them into the woman's neck. You may reset your hunger to zero. Uh, and there I we would go. like you to go ahead <laughs> and to make. A resolve plus willpower check. Yeah. Sure. Here's that thing that none of us knew about. <laughs> Willpower's down three, so that's one plus four is five dice. Um, zero hunger, so three successes. Three successes. As you begin to drink her, her blood... Her blood makes your beast roar. The taste is almost overwhelming. It's as if all of your senses are on fire. You've never tasted anything like this, and she doesn't even need to be on cocaine. The blood itself is enough for you. More than enough. As you drink, her eyes shoot open. Canine now, no longer human. Glowing bright yellow in the dim light of the SUV. 
She opens her mouth, revealing her teeth, and tries to fight, tries to struggle, reaches up her great paw, ready to bring it down, ready to crush your head. But she's lost. Vince's beast is the stronger one in the car tonight. And you continue drinking. The sweet, overwhelming blood curses through your veins, fills your body. It's as if, as if you've been asleep your entire life and suddenly you're awake. It's as if you've needed a new prescription of glasses and you just put them on. Everything around you is sharper. Every noise is louder, richer. Every pinprick of light, brighter. The woman lupine gurgles in your arms. (sighs) As she dies. Oh, that is... Magnificent. Vince, you were at Hunger Zero. Technically, you were beyond Hunger Zero. You will not get to Hunger One until you fail at least three rouse checks. That is how potent Lupine Blood is. Mm. However, the Lupine Blood, as it courses through your system, Your beast finds itself agitated, squirming, unable to rest. The hunger is gone, and yet something else remains. All frenzy checks you make until the next time you feed are at double difficulty. Okay. (laughs) And with that, as you cradle the dead lupine woman in your arms... As the car carries you all into the night and away from the horrors you've faced, we end the session. Uh, do we make the handoff to Adiz? Next session. Because I actually Next have session, an Elysium okay. scene planned for it. So. Wait. Do we have a chance to rest? You will have a chance to rest. So. Okay, thank you. As God. you get back to Melbourne. <laughs> as you get back to Melbourne. Your phone vibrates, Hope. It's a message from Adiz. It says, Stow the Fleshcrafter somewhere for tonight. Tomorrow, we'll make the handover. Squizzy's Mansion, 9pm. Be there. Now text back with bells on. And with that, you all receive 3 XP, except for Vincent, who receives 10 XP. Hello. Oh, alright. Drinking a lupine. Love to see it. Yeah. And that concludes The Prodigal Daughter. We'll be back, back nope. next session for the final episode of this story, The Gazing Abyss. Render once more unto Caesar. It's an Elysium episode.